Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I am your host, Jordan Haas. So over the weekend, I went to the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. If you're ever in Los Angeles, besides seeing a taping of The Price is Right, please go to the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. It's a lot of fun. You get to learn about the magic of movies and television shows. And when I was there, I peeked over at the corner where uh, last time I was there, they were recording Ellen's Game of Games. And uh, Child Genius was also there filmed. And this time around, there's a new game show. At least I think it's a game show. It's called Ultimate Tag. And there's no announcements yet about this show. And no word on network or anything. I'm assuming it's just going to be one big commercial for Nerf. But that's just me. So get excited, gang. It's Ultimate Tag coming soon to CBS. I'm going to say CBS. Also, Fox gave us some press releases. Beach Shazam keeps the jams coming on the season three premiere Monday, May 20th. Hosted by Grammy, Golden Globe, and Academy Award winning actor and musician Jamie Foxx, Beach Shazam is an interactive game show that pits teams of two against the clock and each other as they attempt to identify the biggest hit songs of all time. In the end, the team with the most money banked will outlast the competition and go against Shazam, the world's most popular song identification app, for the chance to win up to $1 million. Actress, model, and writer Corinne Fox, daughter of Jamie Fox, will return as DJ. Celebrity guests who have appeared in the series include Mariah Carey, Snoop Dogg, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Bolton, Smokey Robinson, TLC, and Lance Bass. Also, they're talking about So You Think You Can Dance returning June 10th, MasterChef returning May 29th, Paradise Hotel is returning to Fox May 9th. I don't know if that counts. I mean, it's a competition show, so I guess so. Uh, then you have, uh, this is the other one I want to bring up. Brand new high stakes game show, Spin the Wheel, will debut Thursday, June 20th, following MasterChef's time period premiere on the night. Executive produced by four-time Emmy award-winning actor and ten-time Grammy award-winning musician Justin Timberlake and hosted by actor, director, writer, and comedian Dak Shepard from Hit and Run. This show offers life-changing opportunities to win fortunes each episode with the spin of a massive, unpredictable wheel. The show, created by Timberlake and Andrew Glassman, The Wall, is a suspenseful, high-energy mix of pop culture trivia, strategy, and simple whirling luck. With the possibility of winning incredible sums of cash prizes, upwards of $20 million dollars. With massive prize money on the line, contestants must make sweat-inducing, gut-wrenching decisions, ready to walk away or risk it all to spin the wheel one last time. Um, I mean, I'm on board with that. I've seen the package for Spin the Wheel when it was originally, I believe, a, a, a thing on uh, C21. I, I saw that uh, pitch thing, which, which looks okay. Um, I think they're throwing a lot of money on a show that doesn't need it if, if it's going to be a luck-based, wheel-based game show. But boy, is it fun to say we're giving away $20 million, yet you, the viewer at home, probably know they'll never, ever give away $20 million on a game show. They barely give away a million dollars now. But, oh, oh well. Uh, that looks like fun. I can't wait to take a look at Spin the Wheel. Then I got NBC press releases. <clears throat> the Wall premieres. It's back, you guys. The Wall. 
uh, June 20th at 8, 9 p.m. One-time episode at 9.10 on June 20 as well. Last is in the wall average numbers. Anyway, the wall is the fastest and simplest game with more than $12 million on the line every night and up to $3 million on a single heart-stopping drop. At four stories high, the wall was built for one purpose, to change people's lives in an instant. LeBron James, Chris Hardwick, Maverick Carter, and Andrew Glassman, executive produce. Uh, also, Hollywood Game Night is returning Jul July 11th. Hollywood Game Night, hosted by Emmy Award and Golden Globe winner Jane Lynch, returns for a sixth season with a variety of actors, performers, and familiar faces, including The Good Places, Jamila Majamel, Darcy Garden, and Mark Evan Jackson, World of Dances, Derek Ho, and Nao. This is Us stars Chris Sullivan, John Hartes, and Susan Kalechi Watson. Superstores Ben Feldman, Colton Dunn, Lauren Ash, and Nico Santos. American Ninja Warrior hosts Matt Eisman and Akbar. Once again, I always pronounce your last name incorrectly. And NBC Nightly News' anchor Lester Holt, as well as Amanda Seals, Joel McHale, Cal Penn, Laverne Cox, Rob Riggle, and Shashir Zamata, among many others. Can't wait for Rob Riggle to promote Holy Moly, now that that's back. <clears throat> also, it looks like the wall is back. Uh, they did not specify who's the host. Oh, there it is. LeBron James, Chris Hardwick, Maverick Harden, Range Jasmine. That's right. Hardwick is hosting it. Because, you know, the, the wall was built to change lives. That's what it was meant to do. Ah, Chris Hardwick. Here to here to play a game where we drop the balls and we're going to give away a million dollars. I love Funko Pops. All right. But speaking of balls, uh... Over the week, I, I finally did. I sprung for a VPN so I can watch some game shows from overseas. It used to be I would have to find some YouTuber to upload it or shady, shady places for Google Drive, but not anymore. Your boy Jordan's doing it the old-fashioned way, lying to the BBC by saying I have a television license when I clearly don't. So this new game show I watched was called Catch Point. Uh, Catchpoint was a show on BBC One. Here, let me explain the game show Catchpoint. Uh, it's hosted by Patty McGinnis of Take Me Out fame. Uh, no likey, no lighty. Uh, he hosts a quiz show where two teams compete against each other to win 10,000 pounds. There are 10 little spaces on, there's like 10 visual walls too, uh, left to right, with possible answers ranging from least to most, or by decade, or by height, or by location, or by percentage, things, things like that. So a question is asked, and then one member answers while the other one's the catcher. When they lock in an answer, a trapdoor, which is like attached to a ceiling, drops, and the money ball falls with it. It's this bright pink ball, real not... Real easy to see because it's bright pink and almost like one of those playground balls that you would get at the supermarket. Uh, if they fall, to, if they fail to catch the ball, even if they're under the correct answer, they lose. They are out of the. They they are out and they lose the money. But if they're off by one or two spaces, they could still run and try and catch the ball and still be close to. They could still catch the ball and still consider that a win. The closer you are to the correct answer, the easier it is to catch the ball. Catch the ball, you make the money. So it's kind of like five gold rings in the sense of 
Here's a, like a visual wall filled with possible answers. Please locate the correct answer. Um, for instance, if there was ever like an American version, like imagine there was one screen with one little ring and then two rings and then three rings and then four rings and then five, all the way to 10. And then a sports question is asked of how many NBA championship rings does Kobe Bryant have? That would be a typical question that you would see on this show. Uh, in round one, first catch, 250 pounds could be won on the first question, and it's with a giant pink ball. Like, you can't miss this size of this ball. It drops very slow. If you miss it, that's very embarrassing. Then, positions change on question two, where one becomes the catcher and the other becomes the question answerer. You flip the you flip the rolls with five with five hundred pounds on a correct answer with a smaller ball, meaning in this round you can win up to seven hundred and fifty pounds. Then we move on to team two. We are introduced to them, and they get another two questions, and they have a chance at seven hundred and fifty pounds. In round two, the game is called decoy catch. There are now ten balls. Nine of them are blue. One of them is pink. This makes it slightly tougher. <clears throat> But same thing occurred as in the last round. It's 750 pounds on the first question and 1,000 pounds on the second with the rolls reversed again. So in other words, you're already at 2,500 pounds. In round three, this is the catch-up round. It's called <laughs> catch-up. I, I didn't plan on to be a pun. Uh, anyway, it's called quick catch. Uh, for every correct answer, it's worth 300 pounds. Uh, 300 pounds per ball, one must stand under, the other must press a buzzer that drops the ball. The leading team goes first, and they choose between two categories. The, whatever they don't choose goes to the other team. They go first to extend their lead, and then the trailing team goes to try and beat their score to go into the final. They got 45 seconds to get as many questions correct. The clock freezes when a button is pressed and the ball drops. Then... They switch positions and repeat the process again. Just like in round one, the pink ball is the only ball to drop, and it continues on the next question with the position changed until time runs out. When time runs out, the pink ball for that question drops anyway. So three, two, one, it drops. Whoever has the most money goes into the final. Uh, if Whoever has the most money, they get to have a chance to go to the final round. The runners-up, I guess, don't get anything because it's BBC. And let's face it, they don't really give consolation prizes on BBC game shows. Maybe they'll give away, like, the commemorative catchpoint ball. Uh, in the final round, it's called the final. Ten images are shown, and they're not in any particular order from least to most. It's real random. And they have to eliminate answers by taking them out. So there's ten multiple choice. It's a multiple choice with ten answers leaving one answer left. That is the golden ball, and it is worth 10,000 pounds. The answers are not in order from least to greatest, so it makes it that much tougher. But then they have a decision to make. Keep the money they've won in the front game, or take the risk on the final catch. If they catch it, they win the 10,000 pounds. If they fail, they lose everything, because it's BBC, and they have to have some sort of gotcha to make sure no one wins anything. But that being said, it is a very, very fun game. Patty McGinnis is a very likable host. 
I kind of like him hosting this. The questions are very clever, similar to five gold rings. The ability to catch the ball is fun. It have a super slow-mo cam to give it that bit of a sports presentation. They could have easily made it even more dramatic per drop. They could have stretched us out even longer. And instead, it really is just, I think it's here, drop, catch, nope. Okay, let's keep going. And it feels almost prime for a show that would be on GSN. That's why I kind of liked watching this show. This is the show if you can't get five gold rings to come over here, try your hand at catch point. Especially, especially if you're Game Show Network and you don't take risk that much. Because with Game Show Network, you know, they, they usually have a $10,000 prize. This is 10,000 pounds. So it, it works that way. And then you can get some athlete to be the host here too. Can you think of any prominent NBA basketball players that would do this? Or prominent uh, baseball players that could host this? Because that's where I'm seeing this could be as... This seems like a good uh, show that would work on Game Show Network. It was a real enjoyable show. Lots of play along. And if you want to play along with the catch, just get a playground ball and just throw it in the air and try and catch it. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> you have the home game right in your own hands. Uh, <laughs> I I really love Catch Point, And I thought it was great. Uh, the only things I didn't really care much for... Uh, is, is some of the display looked a bit weird to me. I also think there is also going to be eventually an episode where someone twists an ankle when they tried to dive to catch a ball. And that, that will show the, the fate of humanity that someone who's probably paying money because this is America for hospital bills twists their, their, their ankle but this is called Catch Point, and I enjoyed it. I would say it's one of the better British shows I've seen, like Wonderball. Uh, as for the final, I think it's a bit of a... I think it's rough to do a gamble on a 10-choice, multiple-choice answer. I, I think uh, there could have been some sort of way to fix that instead of just doing a classic 10,000-pound risk. But uh, who, who knows? Um uh, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I, I check it out if it's ever available. It's called Catch Point. I give it, on my letter grades, a solid B. It's a solid B show. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes. Oh, wait, 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 I made a mistake here. Uh, this is the introduction to Romeo and Juliet. But much like the Capulets and Montagues, family feuds have been in existence since its very beginning. Conflict is a major thing in storytelling and something that brings up a rising action for a hero to stand up for something or to go after the antagonist. But to us in game show circles, conflict only is in within the storytelling paradigms of reality television, and hardly game shows, unless we're talking man versus man, man versus team, team versus team, man versus house, team versus house, and man versus self. But that feeling of family feuds 
would be what becomes a family feud. Like most Goodson Todman productions, this one recycles much from Match Game to become Family Feud. But unlike the Match Game, with a name like Family in its name, we need to understand if the show can be family friendly. Is Richard Dawson kissing wives on the lips any different than somebody saying Penis Steve in 2019? Survey says probably not. But we have to find out. And that makes getting our guest out from the isolation booth to play our own version of Fast Money for plugs. So let's turn the tables. With me on the line is the host of Are You the Knowledge Lord on Twitch. He's a writer for Unikitty and a PA for American Gladiators? <laughs> Give it up for Matthew Smith. Hey, what's going on? I just checked your IMDb profile right before here, and I had no idea that was. I don't even know if that's true or not. It is true. It is true. I was working. I, it was, it's actually much more boring than it even sounds, though, because I was an office PA. Oh, so no. as much of a wonderful wonderland as being a PA on the set of uh, American Gladiator. Although I did get to go to the set once, uh, literally once. Um, I was mostly just confined to a random office in uh, Toluca Lake. Oh, geez. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> You know, it was fine. It was, I moved a lot of stuff. I moved stuff. I was the PA who had to move like filing cabinets and stuff like that around. What a, it was a good first job. What a great industry gig, you know, moving Fantastic. Things. Yeah, yeah, you learn a lot. I, I mean, I will tell you, though, I, I, there was a day when I had to like fill out a little form with what I wanted as my credit, like my on-screen credit. And that, tr- and that really was an exciting moment um, as someone who was hoping for a future and having you know credits on things. Um, it, was, it was fun to write in uh, that I wanted to be called, I think, yeah, Matty Smith. Not to be confused with other Matt Smiths or Matthew Smiths or... Mm-hmm. And and you're the host of Are You the Knowledge Lord, the, the game show podcast I've been hyping up for the last few weeks. Yes, and I thank you, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's our, our game show that I, I started up. It's something I've been working on kind of for a really long time because I like, you know, like you, I love game shows. Um, and I, you know, came up through UCB, the UCB theater, comedy theater. And it was kind of always like me trying to find ways to incorporate some of that, like kind of alt comedy sort of uh, personality to a game show. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of tried to work out as a live show and then we did it as a podcast very briefly, but, uh, recording a podcast is annoying and we had a lot of, we had some low quality stuff. So we kind of like set it aside. Um, but then, uh, you know, my buddy Jack who's the one I was doing it with. He's just a guy I've worked on a bunch of stuff forever with um he started doing twitch and we kind of started just talking about the twitch platform and it seemed like it would be a really cool uh place to try it out um and and uh to just you know having the visuals nice but also um there's kind of the audience interaction um which which uh, offers kind of a whole new uh layer uh to the whole thing so you know so it's basically a comedy game show that we're going to try doing every saturday um and i'm very excited um and you sent me a bunch of great notes that i really do appreciate um and um on stuff it's it's, it's, it's funny and i mean like this is the thing is i'm a big fan of comedy i know ucb sometimes does a few different game show things here and there uh, some people tried to do a match game a few times. I know uh, Jimmy Pardo did one. Yes, yeah, I've, I've said a couple of those. Um, um, yeah, it's and it's you know my big thing is I do want it to ulti- like ultimately at the core of it I do think it's important to have a real game show. Um, 
and you know that doesn't isn't always the case with a lot of like the kind of comedy versions of things and um, this is jack allison who was a former guest on this show yes. and and very encouraging of of my project and yours and if you're a fan of Mitch Live, which is a talk show with, with Mike Mitchell, if you're a fan of Morning Talk, which is Jack AM, this is the game show. This is essentially, mm-hmm. if the Bazizio universe had a game show, <laughs> this is our yes. knowledge lore. Yes, this is, uh, yeah, there's this weird network naturally building, I think, almost, uh, um, yeah, with like a, a good community, but there's a, but it's a very nice community, and also like a kind of a nice thing is, you know, game shows, I think it's, and I mean, you think about them a lot, so I'm sure you're like, you know, like, it's really hard to like find the right balance, you know, and, and the right pacing and how to space out, you know, different things, and what, you know, it's not just values on things, but also like how to gauge kind of difficulty of ca- questions and categories. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, are you the knowledge lord? You know, kind of it kind of comes from that comedy ethos. So there is a layer of uh, subjective <laughs> um, I guess, scoring to it um, that's naturally there. Um, and also, we have little mechanisms like uh, audience members can affect the score and stuff like that, um, which I think is fun. Um, but it's but yeah, but you also want to make sure that like it is it is like realistically competitive. You know, that it's not a it's not just totally who cares where the points go. You you're, know, it's not who's landed anyway. A comedy pub quiz and yes. a lot of and I'm going to say I, I hate to I hate to pop your little bubble right now. There are a few comedy podcasts that do a little game showy thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I know there's a but, few, but they're um, all kind of uh, you know current events. Let's do the news and riff on the news, or let's do like Doctor Game Show where we have audience participate in games. I think this is a full on straight up quiz, which I think is the straight is the best appeal. And then you have oh, Jack thanks. Allison as the ongoing, I guess, returning champion, even though I don't think he's ever won the damn show. <laughs> he's our permanent resident contestant. He actually did win. We basically recorded three podcast versions, and he won the first one. He started strong, and he actually won once. And then and then it went south, and he has not won since. Um, and also, uh, you know, in, in our first uh, episode of the Twitch version, uh, we had a mechanism for audience members to take away points from Jack. Um, and I might have made it too strong, a, too strong a presence because it really, like I said, I, do the yeah, do really the auction, auction off the chat. <laughs> That's the big lifeline. Yes, I mean, I yeah, it's it's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of fun ways, and and it's going to keep on developing in the future. And that's kind of the great audience which is nice is that they uh you're gonna get I fan mean, labs involved suddenly there's a fog machine <laughs> oh, out of oh, nowhere <laughs> um it, it's 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 fun because you can kind of develop things and like you can you can kind of let the audience in on that part of the a little bit of that process you know like it, it's gonna change you know um and i got again like i said i got lots of great i got lots of great feedback you got give me a lot of great feedback um and so you know we'll see how it changes over time and it's and I'm, I want to stick to it being a real game show, but at the same time, I'm not stuck to it being the same game show necessarily, like over time, so it can change, you know? And uh, and I even think, you know, especially with like the final showdown or what, you know, we want to call our, our final, um, our, when our, the, the last two- The list is what you've called it, the last round. Yeah, we had the list, yeah. Um, and so just, uh, we, and so we can change that too. You know, I don't, like it's, you know, if it were a network show that might be, seen as inconsistent um but it's kind of fun to be able to change those things those things up a little bit you know you within reason you can kind of give the audience something different while retaining kind of the tone and the character um and that's why it's also a lot of fun to always have our permanent resident contestant jack allison there um to you know you can love him you can hate him uh but he's always there competing um and he uh, i should note he doesn't love trivia he doesn't love doing that he, he talked about um, that on the show he was, yeah 
You heard I'm it. Sure he's talk about like, it every why episode. Why am I on this do? podcast? I, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, yeah, I think he, he just doing doing the show, but not doing what the show is. Um, but because I've I've you know I've I've uh, I've taken him to uh, to pub trivia before. We've gone before because I love going. You know, um, and uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't particularly enjoy trivia. Um, but I think you know there's that's that's why also it's nice to have that. And then you have like kind of the hanging out aspect. He's um, just there for it. the beer. We already know that. Yes. And there's beer, and I incorporate beer really just as a, a forced side hobby that I bring into it. Um, but also, but again, but also being able to drink also makes it like a casual, fun experience. I think. See, I thought um, you were ideally, doing it just so you can have it be the the comedy aspect of here's two people who are really playing it, and here's a drunk Jack Allison. I, I do. Why? Well, yeah, I, I, there's a little bit of that. It's it's good to get them drunk. I, I'm happily get all everyone drunk. Um, I will, and also Jack, I think has spilled his beer three times now on it and uh that should be the new rule in place if he spills his beer he loses points (laughs) it's kind of amazing it might be yeah party fouls are the negative mark uh yeah he spilled his beer and changed into his pajamas in the first you know five minutes or so of our first episode and i really think that's a good the wife you also got the wife kate raft also from her guest coming in to grab a bonk Kate dropped in, grabbed a bong. Yeah, you know, so a lot of stuff can happen. You never know um, what's going to happen on the show. It's like it's kind of like remote control. It's kind of can go well, anywhere. Yeah, honestly, I think like it's funny. I look at I look at remote control as like kind of in my head something that like shows like oh this can be done. This is a thing. But I have never seen a single episode of remote control. I've 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 seen clips from it, but I've never watched a full episode. I've Maddie, just, just come just, on over. I have a few episodes. We'll. I might. I might. I'm curious, or I'm wondering if I should just avoid it altogether and not like kind of you know, you know, it's, a spoil um, in my head. How is it? It is a very good game show. Uh, a lot of classic talented people. Colin Quinn was there. Adam Sandler yeah. guys break there. Uh, it, it's a it's a fascinating show because of the way it's you incorporate a different channel is a different television show, and then if it's not a category, it's a a person walks in as like a as a character. So it's similar yeah. to what you did in the for, in the pilot on Twitch, which is guy explaining where you pretend to be a guy Fieri character. Great, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So it, it is kind of what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and but I, you know, but just from a scene, yeah. I, th- I think that you know that was kind of the version. Like when I was kind of developing it early on for UCB, I was thinking more in terms of like, okay, it would be like you know, a real person from the audience. And then the two other contestants are like two comedians doing a character or a bit. But I kind of like, I think as I was thinking about it, I, you know, I like real game shows, you know? So I, I think I wanted to tweak it a little more. So it was like, even though even, you know, Jack himself is, you know, sort you know, a character sort of naturally develops out of him coming back week to week. Um, but it's still him. And it's the other two contestants are, you know, are actually competing. I mean, obviously, the stakes are not super high. They're not winning $50,000. Um, but but it still is like an actual competition that someone's going to win. And I think having it there is what is what keeps it more compelling for me. And like, I, you know, as the I, I don't know why I've always enjoyed doing kind of like that hosting role morally, or like, I like being the one asking the questions. Um, and kind of being in that spot. And so like, it's, it's more fun for me as the host, not to like do bits with a couple characters who are then in the, you know, in the structure of a game show, but just to actually like oversee a real competition. Um, it, there's it, a weird it's thrill. fun role and every host has its own format. Yours is like a, ch- yours is like the chillest pub quiz. Host. If I can like say, what is your hosting <laughs> personality? It's the chillest. Imagine the guy who's like, come on, have a pretzel, uh, have a beer. Let's answer some trivia questions about world geography and have a good time. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's 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 a nice. That sounds like a nice thing it's you're a, going for. It, I think it's a, you're not trying yeah, to be a pleasing. smart Alex. Like a lot of these pub quiz guys, they want to be like the like a you don't know Jack style jerk. If it's yeah. UCB, they want the host to be like the over the top game show host character. Hey. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of like again, it goes in line with like a format. And you know, podcasts have this sort of thing too. But it's it's like I'm kind of just being me. You know, like I'm. It's, I got a couple like fun people with me, and I'm just kind of gonna be myself. And uh, and also, you know, I'm not gonna hide things. how much work I put into questions or. And then or, if you follow some of these very talented comedians and actors and improv improv actors, sometimes you give them a category you're not you're sure they're gonna flunk out, and they're like, "Wow, they actually know like a few things about." Yes. Well, that's yeah. In the uh, when we're doing the in the podcast version, the special one, I had one category. You know, basically, I, I'll stick with this part, I think, for now, where I have basically I give them three categories and the, you know, between them, the difficulty is can vary, but I make them choose the category based on names that don't necessarily tell you what the category is about. And that's how it stays objective in my head, you know, kind of the randomness of which category they get, yes. um, which, you know, is not totally objective, but it's 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 within the bounds, I think, of what we're trying to But um, but I one that I think it like gave off that it was like a comics category and Jack chose it. Um, and I didn't kind of make it clear that it was all Archie comics questions and like <laughs> like deep, deep Archie comics questions. And that was kind of the thing. And I thought I was being clever and my cleverness being totally undermined is kind Jughead's of Jughead's dog is named hot dog yeah uh, yeah well it was like it was almost like it was like questions almost like how did hot dog die and the zomp, oh, like it was like no. or, um it was like very specific things and then jack of course knew everyone because he's like lo- he like knows all of archie of all things you know and then but then other times they don't know things and it boggles my mind. Like you'll see in, like in the first episode, the um, I, I was worried because the, the final in the last uh, the last challenge, they, it was the list was of uh, countries of South America, basically where they had to do sort of a name that tune. But they were saying how many countries from South America they could name. And I went in being like a little worried about it because I was like, oh, is this too easy? But I was like, oh, no, they might not get Guiana or like Suriname because those are a little those are a little tougher and not everyone knows like Suriname um is in South America um but uh but uh Joe Hartzler named managed to name one before uh messing up um and saying Honduras uh as a uh, as a, was a South American country um so it's kind of funny to find out what is difficult to people and what is not and um, it goes to show your interest and if you always need list ideas go to Sporkle uh check out yes uh Pointless well, oh what's Pointless oh Pointless is okay it's a, I, I don't want to jump into it because it's a good transition to our topic of the day. It's a All British right. game show where they ask 100 people and they give them 100 seconds to name as many things from a list. Or they give them like different trivia questions like fill in the blank. Who is the son of this on this show? Or what's okay. the name of this pet from this movie? Or what kind oh, of breed? Like, like yeah. for instance, we gave 100 people 100 seconds to name as many dog breeds. Okay. And your goal is, and then as you, the contestant, your goal is to pick the most obscure answer. Oh, okay. The rarest answer. Oh, that's cool. That's, I really like, that's right in line with the kind of stuff that I love. Um, so a great game yeah, would be like stuff, a yeah. 76. But then if you go into like those cross ones. Yeah, don't say a poodle. Yeah. And if you say um, something that doesn't fit the list or one that is not in the, that is definitely like way up, like, way obscure or never existent you get the full 100 points add to your score and whoever has the least amount of points wins how is that not how has that not been brought to the states yet they that sounds tried like a very it easy on game one to show bring. network they did a pilot okay. and it failed because 
I think a lot of people just treat it as a uh, ripoff of Family Feud, which was the podcast, which is our game show that we're talking about <laughs> today. Um, perfect. Uh, I will say, though, I will say Sporkle is something I do love. Um because I think I think it hits that same thing that a lot of these game shows do. It taps into that sort of urge and the, the you know the the trivia. Yeah, it's the, it's all just it's another way of doing trivia that gives it kind of this competitive timed structure. Um, that's really fun to do. And so definitely like Sporkle definitely my favorite category thing. wise, but also just general the way it's structured wise definitely is an influence. See, I I was like if Sporkle was a game show, what would it be like? And I just said. You give it's like a beat the house kind of show where you give one contestant three three categories and they're all things of their interest that they have said beforehand. Mm-hmm. So so it's like I like comic books, I like video games, and I love game shows. So then it's like round one will be like, can you name uh, the the twenty most frequent characters in um, Batman comics? And then video games, here's ten heroes named the video game or mm-hmm. stuff that's usually in a. Uh, sparkle quiz yeah and that stuff's super fun and that's yeah yeah and it's i'm kind of surprised there aren't more game shows that tap into pop culture in that way tenable i mean i guess me is also for a show me, like that which one what is it called it's called tenable tenable i haven't I'm it's hosted by warwick davis from oh. star wars <laughs> fantastic so, um and it's that's really... uh, and it's basically out of a ten, like almost like a family feud uh there's of 10 answers we have to name like the top 10 uh, chain restaurants in the United States. Gotcha. The top, yeah, and that's definitely one. Yeah, we when one of the one of the podcast ones we recorded um, when we were testing it out was with uh, the Doughboys, and so obviously I did. I had the fifty most. Um, I think it was fifty like with the most locations fast food. Subway's number one. I think you're right. I think you are right. Um, More than Starbucks and McDonald's combined. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I think then that also that's also that category is kind of fun to me. Because it gets into the, like, when you get to Starbucks, then all of a sudden, often you'll have, like, people arguing, like, well, Starbucks isn't fast food, and then you're, then a fight just breaks out about what is a fast food now, restaurant. who said that? Was it Weiger or Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I don't know, I think that was, like, a Mitch, maybe it's Jack. I mean, well, Jack also is perfect, because he can get, he can get mad about anything. Uh, it's, it's speaking um, of it which, depends, yeah. hey, uh, Weiger, hey, Mitch, if you're listening to this, please stop by this game show podcast. We have fun. We talk about you behind your back, unfortunately. <laughs> they're great guys uh, and and guys. we're doing a heavy duty game show today yes this is yes, this yes, is yes. one that i i will say i think it's one of the most hyped episodes one because you're here and two oh, because you. this is the heaviest game show right now if you're if you're going by the ratings going by the numbers like viewership wise family feud is the number one game show Wow, I did not know that. It's beating Wheel of Fortune <laughs> right now. It's being Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, uh, Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal. Being all of them. Is it, is it beating uh, like things like uh, Beat Shazam, though? Or is I, it... I, think, I think they're on par with. I know Celebrity Family yeah. Feud does beat, beat Shazam, though, if you're going wow. by the Summer Fun and Games numbers. Wow. That's and impressive. thank you yeah, for I bringing up Shazam, not to put that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, that's one that I actually was like, it's, you know, it's on Hulu, and I just popped it on. And I was like, you know, it's not bad. I actually, it's it's okay. It's it's, no, it's, it's, not, it's good for a modern name that tune. It is like you can't just go like because if you get like four or five notes, it it could be a sample from a new song. <laughs> like that's the only yeah reason. Oh. Uh, so Family Feud. Yes, I'll start with the origin story real quick. Love it. So because you probably maybe have heard of this or not, you know of Match Game, right? Oh, are you asking me? Yes, you. Yes, yes, I do know match games. So match game, you, you, you stump, you, you, you match the panel. It's like, dumb door is so dumb. But before that, in the 1960s, 
there was a game show called The Match Game, still hosted by Gene Rayburn. On that show, it was uh, two contestants and celebrities, and basically, it, this is the precursor to Family Feud. Gene Rayburn would ask the, the people at the table something like, uh, name a type of pie, or uh, name a, a, an animal you keep as a pet. Stuff that's similar to that you would know in the modern-day Family Feud. If the contestant was able to match a celebrity with the same answer on that prompt, they would get points. Of course, most of the time it would not work because their matches would obviously not compute at all. So they would change it into the fill-in-the-blank format that became known as the modern-day match game. Dumb Doris. Yeah, the dumb Dora. She she left her blank at the party. (laughs) So we move on to match game 73, 74, 75, etc., and one, G, uh, one Richard Dawson was a constant panelist because of Hogan's Heroes. And there is the end game there called the Super Match, where they pulled a audience not too long ago to give their best response to a fill-in-the-blank. Richard Dawson would usually be the popular one to pick because he apparently has the pulse of America and, and also a match to the people. So much so that the, kind of the other, the other panelists got a little pissed. So eventually... Near the late 70s, they came up with a new game show that took the surveys that we did with with audience polling and used the familiar old format of the match game of Name Something You and created Family Feud out of it. That's why Richard Dawson's the host, and that's why the format is very loosely similar. Uh, Goodman Todman usually repurposes old formats to create new ones, and this is how Family Feud came to be. The big juggernaut, eventually overpowering Match Game. That eventually Match Game did come to an untimely end in in the in the late seventies. But Family Feud picked up its its slack all the way through the late seventies, early eighties. I did not know Match Game. I didn't even know. I didn't even know about that connection with Match Game. I mean, it's very you know obvious and and, and clear. But I didn't know that was kind of how the development directly went from one to the other. It, and now we'll start with the the quick. What's the game of Family Feud like? <laughs> so we'll go. We'll start with the basic rule is they survey a hundred people. Uh, typically, this is done either through the audience, through in casting, and sometimes just straight up cold calling. Like, hi, we're with so and so. Do you have any time on your hands? And and I don't know if they have a, if they get paid for this or not. I I haven't really done that d- deep of research of how they do the surveys. But eventually, after they get 100 pieces of paper, they would check out to see if it matches the answers and then corroborate that to be the questions. So when it goes on to the main game, you see round one. We asked 100 people, top eight answers are on the board. Give me the most popular answer in the toss-up. You buzz in, you give the most popular answer, you have a decision, pass or play. Your goal is to play. fill up the entire always, always list. Always play, always play. There are a few times when people decide to pass, I, I think Wrong. it's only because of a late Mistake. 70s idea of of the final rule of the third strike. You can come back and steal the points. So your goal is basically fill in that list. Name as many as you can. If you can't come up with something that fills in the list, as we go down the line with each of your family members, you get a strike. Three strikes, you're out of luck, and it goes to the other team. If they give just one answer that's on the board that you couldn't get, they tick all the points. The points are derived by each person being worth one point meaning up to 100 points could be at play at any given round. After, in, in modern Family Feud rules, first two rounds are singles, but after round three, the values are double. And then we go on to round four, where it's triple. If no one can reach the target of 300 points at any point, we go to sudden death until there is a winner. 
That winner goes on to play Fast Money, which is a sped-up version of Family Feud, where two members of a family, one goes to an isolation room backstage, the other one's on stage with the host. They get five uh, statements. They're similar to the Family Feud surveys you know and love. And they just have to come up with the most popular answer, just like in Family Feud. For every one they get is worth the same value of points in a single. If they get 200 points or more combined, they will win $5,000 in the early versions with Dawson and and with Ray Combs. And then later, $10,000 with uh, Louis Anderson. And then later, $20,000 when it comes to modern day. And they'll be invited back next time. On the Steve Harvey edition, there's a new rule in play where after five games, if they win five games, they also win a brand new car. As for the presentation, it depends. Where do you want to start? <laughs> <sighs> where do I want to start? Yeah, where do you want to start? You want to start now? You want to go start at the early beginning? You want to start where you're most comfortable with? Hmm. I guess I can start where I'm most comfortable. I mean, I can start with my personal connection and why I wanted to do Family Feud. Yeah, why feud. did you choose Family like Feud? Into it. Um, well, what is I, I, I also I do think it's a great game show for a lot of reasons, and we'll get into that, I guess, as we talk to it. But I'll just say up front, um, I do have a personal connection to this um, because on uh, before I was born, um, my mother, her sisters, and my grandmother, the McTie girls, uh, were contestants on Family Feud. Um, they did pretty well. They lasted, I think, four episodes. They won three times, I think. Uh, and they won the Fast Money once. Um, but, but yeah, they did, they did pretty well um, for, uh, for Irish girls uh, that Ray Combs um, seemed to like a great deal. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I kind of had that as like that, you know, that we had the old VHS tapes of, of my mom and her sisters and my grandma doing the show. And that kind of, you know, obviously got the, got me, makes me interested in it. Um, but then beyond that, uh, I think Ray Ray Combs also, you know, that was when I was a kid. But that's that's what uh that's kind of what like the prototypical game show is to me. Um, when I think in my head of like what a classic game show looks like, uh, whether it's because of my mother or not, uh, just the the image of like you know the light bulbs, uh, making out words, uh, the kind of like beiges and reds and yellowy kind of colors of things. Um, it all it all kind of comes together for me to like say a show like what a, what a game show is is supposed to look like. Um, and as for the actual game, uh, I guess right, we can get to the actual game, or or we can talk about kind of more of the presentation over the years. Uh, what do you think? I mean, you can go however you want with this. Uh, the presentation definitely it we it is a journey of it's almost a time capsule pretty much yeah so yeah uh, first off we'll start we'll start with the seventies Dawson era. Uh, it's a lot of crocheting, a lot of crochet work, a giant crochet work with a family name. Uh, you had some banjos in the theme song, giving off that old style, you know, uh, uh, family feuds of of the olden days. You know, the Hartfells and McCoys uh, world of feuds, uh, both two different families who, as we yeah. can pretty much establish, have never met each other in their life. So there's no real reason why they're in a feud. Yeah, they're just yeah, we're just in a pit two American families against each other. And which, and actually, since you were talking about. I, I one thing I did love that you know sadly isn't a part of the show anymore is how the families like would pose, yes. like behind behind where they'd stand behind their podium up some steps. They, they, there's like they, a little framed portrait where they stand there. And yes, so it's like, like uh, it's Maddie, Max, Jack, Jordan, and Weiger ready for action. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Then you break your pose and then you walk down to your little podium. And um, now the Mike Mitchell family. <laughs> it's Mike, <laughs> Mitchell, Mickey, Mitchell, and Mach. Ready for Mitchells. action. <laughs> Mach is good. Mach, Mach, always, 
seems to get that last answer on the board. It just imagine Mike Mitchell, but tightly, slightly, like slightly tinier version and has one of those pinwheel hats. <laughs> That's a good character. You should, you should, give, you should tell him that character. Um, yeah, and it's... Yeah, and it, but I think I think and I feel like um, a lot of shows kind of had shared a similar look to it, you know. Like I, th- I think of like ten thousand dollar pyramid, yes, um, or whatever the dollar was it ten thousand or whatever dollar amount it, it well, was. It, it like, grew over time. It started out yeah. as the ten thousand dollar pyramid, then became twenty thousand, then became twenty five thousand, then the new twenty five thousand, then the fifty thousand dollar, then the one hundred thousand dollar pyramid, and now it's just the one hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah, so they they, they all had like a, at, around that time, like all those game shows had similar similar sort of look and color scheme and stuff um family yeah, just had a like- yellow color scheme and then over years it would grow dawson of course is famous for smooching the the ladies on the lips yes in front <laughs> of their husbands. The ladies yeah well that's also and i think that's another thing that i think is great about family feud over the years not in the smooching particularly but um but just that the hosts like it's 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 kind of like a well-constructed environment for a host to have a personality, you know, like it's just the right amount of like chatting with the people, you know, getting to know them, but it's not too heavy on it. You know, like you don't need to have a separate time. Like, like jeopardy, you know, like Alex has his moment where he like talks to everybody. And that's the part I always fast forward on the DVR. uh, Cause I just want to get to the game, but in family feud, it's just that back and forth is as they're answering. And part of it is even like, you're getting to know the contestants through their answers. And they get personality. This is the only game show I would say where the contestants actually are people like price is right. Like, yeah, they all wear like a same shirt that says like pick me drew and they scream Let's make a deal. They're in a costume. <laughs> and that's only the only part of personality you kind of know until Wayne tells them about what their occupation is. Wheel is just, I have a lovely wife and, and two cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then for Jeopardy, it's, I once had a sandwich with uh, cockroaches on it. Oh, that's gross. Anyway, pick the... With Family Feud, at least it's like... No, these people you kind of get to know and, yeah. and warm up to in the span of 22 minutes. Well, there's also often like, you know, it's like always like, oh, now we're back to Tom. Like Tom gave like two really dumb answers the last two times. Like, let's hear it, Tom. And then Tom gives another dumb answer. And then, you know, the host like makes their face. The audience like laughs. And they're um, all going, yeah, good kinda, answer. No, yeah, it's, it's not. Never, it's not a good answer. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of that like that baseball team rule of just like, you know, just cheer for it. Everything is good. <laughs> we got to support <laughs> It'll will will this to be a good answer. Now for Dawson, he was charming. He never really bashed any of the contestants. He just kind of was like, "Well, that's a okay answer. Uh, I like your train of thought. I guess is it up there? Nope. Well, who didn't see that coming anyway?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah, eventually, kind of Richard stuff. Dawson's time would would finish for Family Feud. They did kind of end the show, and then they got it rebooted in the late '80s with one Ray Combs. Ray Combs at the time was a was a warm up comedian he was warming up crowds for sitcoms and a lot of game shows at the time because of his game show work that's how he ended up as the job as the host of family feud and uh, i'd say ray is a good fit he's he's got some i've gone back and watched clips of ray doing stand-up and i'll say you know stand-up's hard because it gets it gets dated very easily so a lot of it's dated but like you can kind of see like him on johnny carson and stuff and like he was a solid stand-up comedian and i think like yeah like not necessarily like people looking back don't necessarily know a lot of these, like, you know, the other work of a lot of these hosts. Um, yes. But he had, like, a, Combs, a pretty good comedy career. And Ray Combs was a great host. In his version, it was same old, here's a red carpet now. Almost the same crochet, same ready for action. 
And they introduced the bullseye round was as a way to spice things up where you give the most popular answer and you get a thousand add to your bank. And then in the final round, if you do fast money, you play for the big bank at the end. Uh, and I do think that's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. Like, I feel like every now, like, not there's a ton of examples, but yeah, but they, that's kind of one of those things they sprinkle on that I guess adds a little interest, but ultimately like you watch the whole thing and it's such a simple, straightforward game. Um, that is shockingly like, you know, I think cause it's like different categories every time or different you know, prompts mm. keeps prompts? it is what keeps it interesting, you know, but, uh, and, and the personalities of the guests and the host, but like, you really don't need to add a lot to it. That's kind of part. Another reason why I think it's like a really good game show is cause it's so simple. It is and such clear a simple format and it's a great time capsule. The seventies, you see the plaids in the eighties, the big shoulder pads and the sweatshirts. Yes. It's funny. And unfortunately, this is how it, it ends for, for Family Feud in the 80s, early 90s, is Ray Combs uh, unfortunately gets told, yeah, you have to, We ha almost like a late shift, that Ray Combs is fired from Family Feud because the ratings were dipping, and they're going to try and bring back Richard Dawson to be the host, which he eventually does end up hosting. Uh, that there's, uh, in some words, some ageism, because Richard Dawson did want to host The Family Feud back in the 80s as a reboot. But at the same time, Combs losing his job for Dawson, and he has a, a trend of, of, and he had depression. He was clinically depressed. He would try and find other roles. The last game show he hosted was Family Challenge on the Family Channel, and then unfortunately uh, passed away through uh, suicide. Yeah, and that was that was a super sad thing, and we were talking uh, about that uh, before. Um, but uh, but yeah, I do remember like as like because Ray Combs, like honestly, like he was a guy like as I was a kid, I saw him. He he's was like charming. the man who was he's nice. Funny. He's, he's super great. charming, super nice and funny. I loved him, and also I'd like seen him nice, be nice to my mom <laughs> and stuff like, like that. Like, you know, like kissing their hands and stuff like that, and like he seemed. And he, he was a very, like, pleasant and very safe, you know, kind of guy, oh, too. He's the and kind then, of host you want to have as your friend and not yeah, a lot of... Yeah, and so I remember being very, like, very sad and very devastated when, when I, I found out he I died. I was saying, like, I, I remember, I think when my mom told me that he had, he had died, she didn't tell me the circumstances. I remember specifically later on being, like... Like, I remember he died and it was sad and that was a bummer. And then, like, later on, I found out, like, oh, it was a suicide. And it was just such a horrible, sad, tragic story um, and such a, such a sad it, end for, you know, it, a guy that seemed like a super, just a and sweet it, guy, nice guy, and a funny guy who's very good. At and this is a mental health thing. And, I mean, stand-up comedy, I mean, that's what a lot of comedians go, suffer through. And, and hearing that news, and I was, like, nine, so I was like, oh, no. So when Richard Dawson hosted the show, uh, they did pay tribute to Ray Combs slightly. They kind of just buried him under the rug, except for on Family Challenge. Dawson hosted it for maybe a bit. There was the Family Feud Challenge that tanked the show. That was kind of like a match game Hollywood Squares hour fiasco of let's just stretch the show out and hope for the best. and didn't work out. And they ended Family Feud again. Wow. A, a second time, Family Feud would end up getting buried. Until no. once again, the 90s, the late 90s would show up with Louis Anderson as the host. <laughs> Louis Anderson actually was one of the few people who championed Family Feud to return, which fit his personality. The only rule, the rules changed slightly in the fact that, uh, first of all, lots of plasma televisions, uh, that in, now it's just the first three rounds are worth the singles. And then in the fourth and final round, it's a triple round where it's three times the points, but you only get one strike. And here is the, the Louis Anderson fact of the day, 
when the show was being pitched back, they were going to keep the $5,000 top prize. But Louis Anderson disliked it because the prize has not changed in almost 20 years at this point. That he actually took a cut from his paycheck, his own salary, Aww. to bump it to $10,000. That's nice. That was nice. <laughs> that nice of that guy to do that. It seems like he should have just made them give an extra five thousand dollars as a major network. Um, with so syndicated. Of money. <laughs> it's not like it was. Well, you know, I think they can get like I don't know, get like a uh, you know, get a get a denture cream commercial. <laughs> Asper cream to, to pay blah, for blah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's there's there had to be a way that like uh, the Pax Network or whoever could could yeah. put up five thousand dollars <laughs> just... more. Because so, they're not even necessarily giving it to it. You don't even necessarily win. Yeah. Like I think like I, I, do you actually know what the success rate is? I guess I don't know how on, often. On so family I feel like, Feud. Yeah. How often do they actually win the fast uh, money? Typically, I, I it's guess about it's not a majority of the time, right? Typically, yeah. It's typically about um about a one third, one three shot. Yeah, you can afford five thousand more dollars for the one third of episode. You know, you get there's, but there's then money again, it around. also comes in in span of the questions. I mean, that, that's that's something that's like, do you really want me to go break into question breaking? Because sometimes the most obvious answers were fifty points, but sometimes they intentionally have questions that are spread out, where it's twenties, 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 thirties, thirties, twenties. So it's almost reasonably nearly impossible to get the two hundred unless you give every top answer and both all the second popular answers. Yeah. I'm curious. I haven't, I haven't seen the Anderson, the Anderson episodes in a long time. Like I haven't seen those on reruns or anything like that. Um, so I'm curious how, how those, how I would think of those today. Cause I don't remember them as being particularly entertaining. I, I remember watching them, but nothing, I don't think anything stood out about Louie as much as I love him. Um, especially on baskets. I think he's spectacular. He, he winning um, yes. Star baskets. I, I I love baskets. I really do that show. I really that love is, it. It's so good. As someone know. who's near Simi Valley, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but but Louis. Um, but yeah. But I I feel like in terms of the this, the different hosts and their personalities. Um, and also like I I, I like to stand. I remember as a kid, I liked Louis Anderson's stand up just because you know I have a lot of like Midwestern family and that's sort of his all, a lot of his thing. Um, I, I don't remember anything really standing out as super exciting about him as a host. Uh, that's the the host after him. I don't. But know. I mean, if you look at his dancing sequence in the Family Feud video game for PlayStation One, I mean that really bops. I mean, I will right now. I, I sent that to you the second you said I'm walking in Family Feud. I just sent that's the first link I sent. Here's Louis Anderson dancing. <laughs> Oh man, I gotta uh, find that. And then we move on to the next host, which is one Richard Carn, mm-hmm. Al Borland from Home Improvement. Al, Al come on Borland. back! Hey, hey, you! It's gonna be a bumpy ride. Come on back! Come on back! Hey, you! Who's in your family? Come on back, Richard Carn! Come on back! What else do you want me to say? Like it was a really boring version with Richard Carn. I was gonna say yeah. Was, that's that's kind of why I was trying. I was kind of qualified. I was like, yeah, interesting. Take out, but then. Richard Karn came and is you know a, you get yeah you hire Al Borland. I mean, it makes sense. And in you terms get Al of, Borland, like sitcom <laughs> family show. It makes sense, sorta. Yeah, and he is a likable guy. I don't like. I don't dislike Al. I think we all loved Al in the nineties. But he's like perfect if you're hosting like a a a talent show or maybe like a uh, like like if you were doing like a Amer- like. 
America's Funniest Kid. Like, who's America's Funniest yeah. Child, hosted by Richard Karn? Like, that would make sense. Yeah. Well, I think a part of it is that, and I think this is maybe why Roy, why Roy Combs was so good. Um, and Dawson, I don't really, I know he's, a, but but Richard Karn, as far as I know, he's just a, he was an actor, which is yeah. you know fine, which is you know great. What a profession he was, Al. Um, but 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 uh, Family Feud in particular, it's not just like scripted where you're just reading the lines. You really have to interact with the contestants you know and like so roy combs was like a stand-up and i you know even though a stand-up you're on stage talking to an audience there's a lot of banter that goes on you know there i'm sure yeah talking with the crowd and even just like feeling out the crowd and interacting with them and so i feel like roy combs was so good at that because even when he talked to people like you could tell like he was good at like feeling out feeling kind of them out and, and and going back and forth with them whereas richard karn it's just an actor reading the questions to them. And I don't think there was a whole lot of, you know, fun interaction. Between wow. Them. For shaking hands, I'm going to double the points. <laughs> He's playing the role of a game show host. He wasn't a yes. game show host. Yeah. 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 That's... And look, I, I hold nothing against him for taking the job. <laughs> he he's good if he like if he's doing like America's Funniest Child or something where it's he can do like yeah. if there's like a teleprompter and he yeah. just has to read a few lines here and there. And eventually, even though he did host a show lo- longer than than Louis Anderson, it would then get replaced by one John O'Hurley. Mm-hmm. One John mm-hmm. O'Hurley. If you all ever know who John O'Hurley is, he's a guy whose voice you might be familiar with. If he always sounds like this. Yeah. Well, also, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld is really where. How's it going there? And uh, we're having fun. And the show was struggling. But they didn't cancel it at this point. The show is in syndication. The numbers are okay. It's losing. It's like it's tied with like Millionaire at this point. Like we just put mm-hmm. Feud and Millionaire together, and then like the syndicated Fifth Grader or the syndicated Deal or No Deal, like a syndicated version of a big primetime show, is paired with Family yeah. Feud. And Deal or No Deal, another really fun show, by the way. Oh, we'll go through. If you want to come back and talk about all the game shows, come on back. We oh boy! Are... Oh boy! Um, yeah, but uh, but I like I like Jay Peter, man. I think I or you know or John O'Hurley, I guess John I should have gone by Seinfeld character. Um, but uh, but he is the the most New England man who ever lived. And, he is just and once again, he as much as we love John O'Hurley, he's a actor. He's a theater actor. He's yeah. So he kind of just played host again. The show is struggling, and they kind of, to save money, moved it over to Orlando, Florida, where it was sitting at Universal Studios Orlando. That's how you got tickets at this point. No one wanted to see the show at this. You had things like TNA wrestlers appear on the show. Just anything to get some sort of minor variety into it. Which leads us into most recent host. I mean, I'm not. We're not talking like Celebrity Family Feud with Al Roker because that was like and like a couple episodes, or Ricky Lake on on Game Show Marathon, or any of the two twenty something year old did the buzzer version on YouTube. None of those count. None of those I think should be discussed. Like those are just fun one off episodes. Yeah. No. 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 Those are no. We lead to the one that's the most popular, the most current one, and that is Mr. Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah. The king of comedy himself, Steve Harvey of the Steve Harvey show, Steve Harvey's big time, uh, Steve Harvey radio show, uh, think like a man, act like a lady. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you, you know, Steve Harvey, I mean, I enjoyed the Steve Harvey show back when it was on. I watched, you know, that block, um, the WB and all that stuff. I like that. Um, 
I, I haven't loved, you know, over the years, he's had certain thoughts on, you know, the role of women and in, in, uh, in the household and how you can't have a moral compass without religion and stuff like that, that I think are, are not great. But I will say, I do think the man is a perfect host for Family Feud. This I think is he's very good. game show. I think he really is a perfect fit, and I think he's spectacular on it. For anything that might make me not crazy about him elsewhere, if they, if, if there's, not like, that don't watch his talk show, but watch Family Feud. Yeah, but family, yeah, yeah, and just Family Feud. I think he's really, really good on it. I think he's funny, and and it's rare. It's on. It's rare for me to watch like a syndicated like t- game show that airs at three thirty and four and four thirty uh on the game show network that sort of show it's rare for the host of that sort of show to make me actually laugh and there are times when i earnestly laugh at, at steve harvey on that show i think he's good with it so um, the the that's going to be the big talking point because in the game show world steve harvey you know is a like or hate people hate steve harvey's family feud not for i hopefully not for race racial reasons but you know, which I think is also, but I mean, I think that's one of the benefits of the show too. I mean, I think it's a good thing. You know, it's a good that there's just the you know a black game show host because it's a it's not like, like I that, feel like historically it feels he, like a very white genre. It's a white um, genre. Most of them are people who look like me. By the way, ho- hashtag yeah. uh, Jordan forget card sharks. Keep that trendy. Uh, <laughs> but no, he is the top game show host at this point. He is the one people go to and like. I love Steve Harvey. He can host this show. And they don't like it because the questions are a little, shall we say, provocative. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I think there's like a famous, there's like a, there's like a web comic or something someone drew. I think that like gets passed around on comment sections of random internet sites uh, whenever game, family feuds discussed. Where I think it's like someone, it's basically someone responding with penis, yeah, and then like it's like him, him making a face. And then the number one answer is penis. And if then it's a woman was to put his mind. her hands in a man's pocket, what might she grab? Yeah. And then they say penis. And then he acts, then he like will stagger back as if just in, totally in shock of what this person just said, even though it was what we all thought immediately. Um, but that, but he, he, I mean, he plays that, that great. And that's kind of become part of the, yeah, the tone and personality of the show is that funny taboo thing. But the thing is, like I said, it segues back to the original match game levels of these mm-hmm. prompts that are now in the modern Steve Harvey Family Feud. They're not as ultra hard as the Alec Baldwin match game. They're more like the classic 70s level of of match game with Rayburn. Because we have come so far out that it's kind of the provocative nature is not so much just saying the word sex or saying penis. It's... Well, now you're saying it, and your mom is right next to you, or your grandma, and yeah. it's like yeah, that's the, family the comedy aspect. aspect. You are yeah. a rabbi. You are a priest. You are like a considering a, like a holy person that people look up to for moral guidance, and here you are, basically saying that the one thing you do in bed with uh, with your wife is is basically fuck them, and it's like hilarious. <laughs> it's great, yeah, and it's like that kind of like. You know, in in so many contexts, there's no edge to it whatsoever. But it is, it's 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 made. Yeah, it's that playful fun of like being naughty, and your and your dad is there. <laughs> your dad is your dad is right there. And Steve then points that out. Your dad's right there. Why did you yep. say that? <laughs> yeah, and it's it is funny how often this happens. It's it's. I mean, we watched the episode we watched. Uh, I should say the first, literally the first answer that was on the board that was said. 
Um, well, the girl said, "Oh, I can see her." I'll say uh, the the uh, prompt uh, was um, name a part of your name body, something that part of your body that doesn't get much sun. Yeah, that doesn't get much sun, and so the and so uh, the girl said uh, private parts, which you know is a pretty obvious answer. Um, and you know, then Steve has his little reaction. It's like, hmm. Oh, and the audience, you know, claps and laughs. And then on the board, the way it was written on the board, and I think we both were like, what the, was my dong slash cooter. Dong, and then he dong walks and goes to the like show. the audience and then like to one of the judges, what's a cooter? <laughs> yeah what's well, a cooter and it's like you know steve you're the ep you are the executive producer of the show you you know these answers before we say them there's no way you did not know that my dong cooter was up there um but it's but it's like a fun it's like that kind of fun uh safe safe humor you know we're like yes we've seen show. him have this reaction it, it's like 90s and what's it reminds me of 90s animation because it gets away with a lot of things for adults that goes under the kids's like radar but the kids still love it because it's just Steve Harvey making faces and reacting yeah, hilariously to it. And react. it's, yeah, it's a good time. And it's just so like, it's the same joke so often. Penis like literally, sex. literally episodes, Boops. like it'll, one episode to the next, it'll be the same joke. And the next, next episode, it's the same returning family competing, um, the same joke. But it's like, it's kind of like a safe, comfortable, fun, enjoyable thing, which I think, you know, is good for a game show for right. in terms of what the humor of a game show should be. But we, I like, will establish this too. Uh, the difference is, even though there is some of the penis Steves, that's usually the first or second question, is that. Because typically that's like a low-scoring <laughs> points round. So it really doesn't really have a big swing into the game. And yeah. then they play actual Family Feud in the double round and the triple round. Yeah. I mean, you could almost argue sometimes just just the triple round. <laughs> like, just um, the triple round is what matters. Yeah, occasionally a team just pretty much is like way behind and then just yeah, just pulls way ahead. It's it's pretty it keeps it pretty even. It keeps it competitive, which is nice. Um So then it gets but, to the name and occupation that has a badge or those kind of questions. You would definitely only have like four possible answers. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. We're limited. Um and I think it's 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 interesting to see what people say as responses. And I always think about this because I feel like, I don't know, I mean, I've watched so much of this show. And I will go uh, as far as to say the, the prompts on this show have not changed. Not even the the sex dong penis things. Yeah. Some of those have been in the 90s. Some of those have been in the 2000s. Some of those have been in the 80s and 70s. It's just that was when we said whoopee. Mm-hmm. Um, but they it's, it's interesting because I think sometimes they, they respond. I'm surprised how often they don't respond to what the prompt really is, which isn't name this thing. It's name what you think the most people said this, you know, like it's name it's, so you always have to like factor in and, and we kind of, was basically like the best example of this is during fast money. Often there's like a scale to one to 10. Yeah. Um, and ours, it was like on a scale of one to 10, say how much you like your friend's kids or whatever, or other people's kids. Um, and a woman responded four. Now, if but now, but if you're like thinking about like what is like the most likely thing for a lot the most people to have said, like you got to pick like one, five, ten, like you like you know you got to start with like you're trying to guess what a crowd mentality picked basically, like what was the popular vote getter. You're not just responding like, hmm, what do I think of other people's kids? But when you only and have a lot of seconds, I mean, you're really oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Well, that's but yeah, well in that instance, yeah. But I mean, but even on the earlier rounds. 
there are times when I'm like kind of surprised that they'll say something like weird or specific um, or like that's like, oh, maybe that's kind of a good smart answer if you like are given a second to think about this question, yada, yada, yada. But like that's not what that's not what 80 out of the 100 people are going to say. My favorite um, one was when Steve Harvey brought up once in a talk show where it was, what was your favorite family feud moment? And he and it's also one of my favorites is he had a contestant and the statement was uh, uh, name a two word phrase that starts with pork. And, you know, you can think of rind. You can think of chop. The contestant said cupine. <laughs> to which Steve Harvey was baffled by everything because normally he's used to at this point penis and sex. Yeah. That that actually broke him. <laughs> that threw him for a loop. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah. Well, that's almost like that's one of those answers that like it's like kind of creative in a way. Like this weird natural response they had is like kind of a funny creative answer that would be fun in Good certain answer. other environments. But <laughs> but in the context of name what people would have said, you've chosen maybe the worst possible it answer. Is the, it is a comedy game show. It is yes. a, if you are like, this is the, you're right. Like this is a perfect family game show, perfect comedy game show. Like this is the show for like improvisers. Cause a lot of this stuff is, you know, go with the crowd. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. A lot of like fast responses, go with the crowd. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, I think also what like, really like so it's got kind of those elements that make it like fun to watch and stuff but also what i think makes it a time a game show again going in line with like why i think it's one of the best if not the best like example of just a game a, what a game show should be and how it should entertain is you can play along very easily um it's fun to participate and like you know you hear the prompt and you guess it and then like as they're walking back, you know, to their specific stations, um, you can keep on like with whoever you like. We were doing this, like talking back and forth. I'm like, oh, is this this is an answer? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, this I think yeah, is the answer. Yada yada. That's what. That's the thing. That's the interactivity of a game show that makes it unlike a lot of television shows. And Family Feud is one of those you have to play along kind of games because then usually you come up with ideas, and then sometimes you might draw a blank. And then you hear someone else saying, like, I didn't think of that. And you're, like, in awe. Or sometimes you hear a really ridiculous answer. And you're like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, so I think that's, like, a fun – that's a that's an important part of a game show. And, like, I think a lot of the times if it's a triv- – like, a lot of, like, trivia game shows and stuff like that, if they fail, I think often it'll they'll fail because it might be kind of a good trivia thing that would be fun to do. But it's – like so quick that the that someone watching wouldn't be able to like play themselves you know like even jeopardy you have a chance to play you have to wait for them to buzz in and there's a delay where they call on somebody so like i think like i think that a lot of the the ones that don't do well that do that stuff they don't give a little bit of time to play along or they're just not set up where the audience can in any way feel you know smarter for having knowing the for knowing the answer um and i think that's like just a key component because i think also um did you ever have you ever done this have you ever played what we used to do in our household was we'd watch uh, the pyramid. We watched twenty five thousand yeah. dollar pyramid, and we'd mute it, and then someone would sit in front of the TV and facing outwards, and wow. we'd literally wow. just play along with it. Like we'd we'd you know pl- we'd you know as the the prompts are written on screen, so you don't need the audio of the show. So we wouldn't even be watching. It would have nothing to do with who was winning. We didn't care, you know, like who was winning or losing. We're not rooting for anyone. I did the flip um, opposite. What I did was I got like a book or uh, like a piece of paper, and I would block off the lower third. So oh, then okay. I would just see oh, you what they're saying and then guessing what they're saying. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's the yeah, that is the so opposite it's like way to do it. Things you put it's on a hot dog, you cover it up. It's red. You uh, yeah. squeeze it. Uh, ketchup. Oh, hey. 
yeah yeah and i think that's super fun and that's that's a great element of of any really good game show um not that there's not some that don't do it you know there's some that are well, if you can't do it you have to have a good storytelling that's the only yes. thing if you can't do good play along it has to be a great story yeah, I think I saw you might have mentioned it somewhere, but I do think a great game show that isn't one you can play along is The Cube. The Cube is, um, holy cow, th- why isn't that not in America? <laughs> well, I, I think we'd mess it up. I think British people are better than us. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. I think The Cube is very reliant on the personalities of the person doing the challenges and the host interacting with them. Yes. And not to totally discount the uh, the charm of the people of the United States of America, but there's something so quaint and pleasant about British people that like plays so well in the environment of like, all right, here's Thomas from Liverpool. He's like a charming, he's a charming dad. He's kind of a cute guy. And then he's going to try to do this physical challenge and fall over trying to hold as many oranges as he can or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which and there's something for some reason that works very well with the wit and the the style of like those British shows, British, not just game shows, but like there are a lot of British talk shows and stuff like that, that are very much just like be witty is sort of the, I mean, they also oh, like, put a lot of attention into that. I was going to bring up that in, in, in later part of this. The Cube, uh, definitely, we did try it in America, but it failed because of the American aesthetic of we have to go big or go home, and there's no, like, s- like safety net if you fail on The Cube. So yeah, it's not a lot of contestants that's, that's... go for it and <laughs> lose everything. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so, so that is a fun. That's a lot of that's on YouTube. People should watch that but, if they haven't. But aside from America, British Family Feud, which is called Family Fortunes, is a mm-hmm. huge hit over there too. Uh, their version, there's an All Star Family Fortunes. There is a, there's a different uh, attempts at it, and it's played relatively the same as the one here. And I think it's because of what you said in the beginning. It's a funny host, and they're equipping with the contestants, and that's a very British thing: is the host interacting with the contestants and just equipping with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's that way they they value. Yeah, there's a value to witticism sort of so the most popular host there was bob monkhouse and then there was les dennis who is the one because he hosted the longest on that version from 87 to 2002 Um, that's the guy i think yeah and it's the same thing like they big play for the big prize at the end and i believe now it becomes money Uh, um have you seen um have you seen the turkey the turkey yes the turkey name something you take to a beach turkey name something you eat for thanksgiving turkey yeah, a guy just says turkey for every fast month. It's on. It, yeah, that's on YouTube. That's just one that I've always seen on YouTube. But yeah, it's a yeah. A guy just answered turkey to everything in the in the fast money round is a very There's charming. There's a lot of quips. Moment. Like Family Feud's the perfect game show if you want that viral clip. That 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 will sound bite. That's something funny. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, there's a lot of like it's fun. It is fun to just Google like terrible answers. On my Family favorite. Feud. Also, my other favorite one is September. Which one's that? I don't think I. Remember. I might, I've probably seen it, but I don't remember. All right. Uh. So. It, it was okay so so here was the prompt i'm gonna have to load it up again but it was like i believe it was uh let's see oh this is the clip let me load it up real quick play it on that's so a fast money do, 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 do. oh he just breaks out laughing begin to look pregnant during what months of pregnancy does during a woman what begin month to of look pregnancy pregnant? does a mother look pregnant that's right yeah, yeah. September. September. <laughs> yeah. What's, it's very good. Well, that's also another, I think, again, you know, I'm just going to sing the praises of Family Feud a bunch. But uh, that's another thing that I think also, you know, you have the early people have a little more time for the most part. Obviously, the buzz in part is quicker. And then they have a little bit of time for most of it to give answers. And so they are given a chance to think about it and give reason answers. But then that fast money really is, it's one of those moments that really exposes like the pressure of being on a game show. 
because 20 seconds is also like not a lot of time and it goes really quick. Um, so it really is like, it, it is just like putting the person in like the ultimate spot where you have to name a bunch of multiple things rapidly under a lot of pressure for the most money that you could win. Um, and so it really gets like it get yeah, it ends up pushing those, those good moments. It's a, um... And get those sound bites. It's hidden in Australia. It's a hit, it's international format. I remember watching a, a Mexican version. I remember watching a Greek version. There's one in Afghanistan right now. I saw that just wow. for research here. Wow. We have it in That's Afghanistan. Well, it's super easy to adapt too, you know, because it because it's so reliant on what those prompts are. Then you can just culturally adapt it to anywhere, you know. Like it's not a lot of game shows can do that. Like show. yeah. And this is one where it really is just like it's surveys. It's what does people think in your country? Yeah. Uh, and this is such a big cultural appeal, uh, not only because of the international variety format, uh, but in the fact that it's also equal to Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune in the in, in the adaptation world of board games, home games, video games. Yeah, and I do remember my family did have the NES version of Family Feud. A lot of people love to do the SNES version or Genesis version because you can just type out weird long sentences and it would prompt it up. Uh, but, oh man, the NES version, that that's a trip. Play and get 5,000, there's number prompts. Yeah. <laughs> that, and, it's, and that's one of the first. Like It was that, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, and that's also for for the computer games. Like I believe that was there was one for Commodore sixty four. I remember playing one for the Apple two E. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see. Like, yeah. like, not a lot of game shows. And I think it's because it's the type input. It's just type out the answer, and then it would if this then that, which is simple. yeah. It was crazy that there were a lot of yeah. It's there were yeah. I had we had the we had the, we did have the Wheel of Fortune one too. But those ones are funny. Those like ones where you're typing out stuff. With an NES, like with the you know the A and B buttons, the, the D badge going up and down. Yeah. yeah, it's a time sore, but it gives you more time to think. And yeah. then there's always that wave button of good answer in the Genesis version. Good answer, good answer, good answer. I did like a few years ago go through every Family Feud adaptation because I think I own almost every really? version. I've uh, <laughs> I uh, I played NES, NES. I've played the the I, they played the PlayStation One edition. I played pc editions the last most recent wii edition like you will see like there's a lot of family feud out there yeah i think it really is yeah it's it's really it's it's one of the i don't i feel like it must not get as much recognition i don't know if it's a word but it's not it's not quite on the like in the front of our everyone's brains is jeopardy or wheel of fortune even but it definitely is like one of the great like if there was a mount rushmore of game shows I would say Family Feud definitely deserves a spot. Especially on there. American game shows. It's the yes. it's a very oh, yeah. American quippy and and it's and once again time capsule because now you look at Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. Look what they're wearing. Look what Steve Harvey's asking. Yeah. Although I was I was going to say honestly there's something they've kept there's something about the dress code that I do think they've kept the same. Cause they, I will say there was something like, obviously, like, like you said, like, you know, like the, like when my mother was on it, the shoulder pads were out in full force, Yeah. but they were all wearing, wearing like single color kind of dresses. I remember my mom had like my, like a turquoise sort of one, like a green blue. Uh, my aunt had like a solid, like coral colored one. And then today on the episode we were watching, like there were the more modern clothes, but there was like one woman who had like the green, like blouse shirt. And one woman had like the coral sort of dress thing, and they like go with these like very simple, straightforward like color schemes. And then the guys are the men are all typically wearing either a dress shirt or a suit. The classic contestant oh. wear of colored shirt with tie. Yes, 
Yes. Like, yeah, like a brightly colored, like an orange dress shirt that no one, I can't imagine anyone actually has. A dark purple shirt and a black tie. And it's, and the, and here's the last thing is now that it's $20,000 in the car and it's five games. This is the fun part. Normally on this part of the game, we would ask, should the show be revived or, or, or like adapted, but it's already adapted. It's already on the air. It's still on the air. But is there anything that needs to be changed about the show? Oh, wow. Now, you brought up the uh, introduction sequence, have them all stand in the poses. In the John O'Hurley edition of Family Feud, at the last season, they did do that. They did have, they did bring back the poses. With With Hurley, they did the poses, huh? They did the poses back. Oh, man. The poses are pretty good, but it's hard because honestly, they're very silly. I don't know if they would hold up right now. You know, like it's. Well, they kind of, it's, it's almost like the, it's almost like now an improv exercise where it's now like. If they're going to do it now, it's like everyone in the middle of a floss dance and it's all five members or, and it's like, well, it makes no sense because one's sitting in the chair reading a fake newspaper. It's always like, yeah, 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 yeah. This one's on an iPad. I, I think if, if anything, you, you should do modern, you should modernize, if you're going to do a modernized version of that, because, because why is that a thing? Like you got to think back why in the seventies and eighties was that a, a thing to do the freeze frame pose is because it's supposed to be the old portrait the old family portrait of the family yeah we don't do portraits anymore everything's youtube everything's twitter facebook stuff yeah is there a selfie version like a a like if you can just do fast selfies or quick like tiktok clips like three seconds each of each member or or have it be like each person doing their own thing that you know they love to do so one is the video game person they plays video game one person's dancing if one person's clearly like a big fan of a sport you show them like pl- holding a basketball like you yeah. have props I, backstage for these people i feel like this speaks so well to the show itself that like this tweak is nothing to do with the game actually the actual game it's more it's like so like how oh, can we in, like game wise i only have one change. what would be your change for the game ten dollars a point at the end of fast money because five bucks is still the thing oh. that hasn't changed since 1976 yeah. That is, yeah, I think, yeah, it hasn't accounted for inflation. That is, that is a major thing. It is always funny, yeah, when they like this, fa- like a family of five people, they just won a game show. You guys win five times $137, which is, you know, whatever, $700 something than, dollars. That is less than sag wage. <laughs> yeah. Is... So, like, yeah, you're just for like five, five adults. They're all adults. It's not like a family with children, even that could like. Have, the kids can't have fun with a little extra allowance. It's five people splitting it five ways. Just give it. And just have have the points be money. Like go back to that's the, the yeah. cash and that and no matter what they win the money. So even if you lose, it's like well you got seventy three dollars. Last team that lost. Yeah, I would give them more. I will. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it feels really well done. I was gonna. I was trying to think if there might be some like points balancing that would allow the game to go maybe a little longer or just be not so heavily dominated by the the triple but i think singles. even that it ends up pretty right it doesn't feel like it's ever like totally unfair it's not um, and, and the reason it's five is because is the game could easily end after five rounds so it's perfect for them to do the five yeah yeah the, the pacing is really nice and it, it like it's a sort like it's you know the 20 whatever 22 minutes or whatever yeah single single double triple it, uh, sun death it goes it goes it goes by just right you don't spend too much time with people you 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 know, it moves along. Um, there's and, and there's and also like it avoids filler, which is does, just something. Well, the filler is with jokes, just comedy. Out. Like, why would yeah. you say that? Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, and but it's also built so that like you can move on, you know, because the filler will end up being with a response. Yes. So if the if that moment's not working, it just moves on. Whereas like some game shows, that moment is like a planned moment. Like here's the moment where we'll talk with each other for five minutes or whatever. Yeah, no. And it, if it's, it's not going well, you're just living in that moment. You're stuck with it. Whereas you can't just he, you know, the host like where Steve can just walk to the next contestant and just all right well uh, that was fun anyway back to you name yeah. something and new it, yeah and there's also like there's a kind of a tone that i think is div- and i think dawson even started this um there is a tone of the host that's been throughout pro- almost all of them of a little bit of snark yeah like they're, they're it's okay for them to kind of make fun of a contestant's answer when it's silly because it's accepted that like yeah you're on a game show and there's pressure and you're just like you yeah. know, you just said it. You don't know. I don't know what to think of. Ah, oh, but or whatever. No, nah, ha ha ha. They said but, and so it's a nice like low pressure, but also like yeah, like a Dawson like ad lib where shit. I don't yeah. know where you've come from, but I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's 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 like a funny, fun relationship that le- that uh that uh it gives the host something kind of like a status and like to Combs like kind of make fun of them. But uh, a good jab joke, like not yeah. Uh, Louis Anderson did the same thing, but once again, O'Hurley and Karn, they try. Yeah. It's... Well, again, I, I think O'Hurley, I mean, I, I, as I told you, we, I, we, I made a list of like, I, I ranked them. I ranked my hosts. Before we get um, to that official rank list, I just want to do one thing and bring up one more defense of Steve Harvey. Yeah. Oh. A lot of people think because Steve Harvey is a comedian and he hosted Family Feud, that means for casting reasons, we should get comedians to do the game shows. And there's a big catch 22 in that. Like some, unless it's their stand up comedy routine or that's mostly what their material is made of, it doesn't work. Like Howie Mandel's yeah. entire shtick was crowd work, like working a crowd to get emotional reactions out of people. So he's perfect for Deal or No Deal when the entire show is how do I push and pull to get drama? For Steve Harvey, most of his routine is family life, root of mm-hmm. dating, love, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with marriage? How do you deal with like, and, and that material is what works on his show because that's what a good chunk of these questions are on Family Feud. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Yeah, he, yeah, not everyone's great, but he is, a, he is a great fit for the show. That You can't just get any comedian to host a game show. Unfortunately, yeah. I hate to break the bubble, but not all comedians are good. You have to look at their material before you come up with, is this a show for them? 100%. Which is why I say Jack Allison should host the revival of Win Ben Stein's Money. <laughs> <laughs> see, but you see what on, on Knowledge Lord we do is we swap, we make Ben is me, I guess. I guess no, I'm slightly you're closer perfect to ben. for this. Is it, that, but I'm saying, but I'm saying like, we almost swap it so Jimmy Kimmel is the annoyed, is being yes. forced to answer the question is, and is annoyed about it. It's sort it, of like if you're trying to do a set for line. Are You the Knowledge Lord, it will have to look like one part like your office. And in one part, like a like almost like a bar, like a classic bar <laughs> quiz, yeah, with LED televisions account. and neon lights, and and it's because it's your show and it's your quips and you're a funny guy. It's perfect for you <laughs> to do this kind of thing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. It's fun to have that. But yeah, the general feel is like yeah, you. It's like I'm dragging my friend to a pub trivia is it literally is. what the show is like, and I'm loving it and. And usually, like, when you drag someone to pub trivia, they'll get, like, pissed off and competitive sometimes. You know, like, sometimes they'll not want to be there, but then they'll, like, they'll want to win because, you know. It's just like it's just like bringing your friend to an escape room, you know? It's just that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Escape rooms are also great. Uh, so, so Steve Harvey's Sorry, back to family because feud. that's how his, his comedy is. So, please, casting agents, 
first of all, hire me for card sharks because that's definitely my area of expertise. Second, so that's of your all, one. That's if of all game shows, that would be your game show to host. I mean, it's that or press your luck. I know they're going to get like some big name or maybe like a vet Nicole Brown, someone who's they're going to go for a, a, a big celebrity because usually how it goes with these things is they're going to get someone who's a B to A list celebrity and their agent's going to fight to give them the role of the host because it's an easy way for them to make some quick money and they get yeah. a chunk of percentage off that. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's not um, like Steve, but for Steve Harvey, it's a perfect match for him. It's not like for Baldwin, for instance, or. Yeah. Well, Baldwin, yeah, just feels like they got. It's like, we a got big Baldwin because we can. James yeah, Bond. Like, just, why the hell is Rob Baldwin Lowe yes. on, on Mental Samurai? Like, where's his connection <laughs> to puzzles? And. Yeah. Nothing about his personality, nothing about his score screams, high octane puzzle solving game show. So, but Steve Harvey. You see him, you see his comedy, and then you say, well, we have a game show for you where we ask 100 married men, name something of your wife you want to change. You know he will laugh. You know he'll be like, oh, man, people won't answer that question. Oh, they do. What? <laughs> oh, they do. They always do answer, Steve. <laughs> You'll be surprised every episode of this show for 10 years, but they're going to always that answer. Was, and great viral clip. The other favorite viral clip is they had both of the men contestants on the in the face-off, and then he goes, we asked 100 married men, name a seventh dwarf that is the name of that reminds you of your wife. Oh, boy. What Nothing. answer isn't a Dead joke. silence, dead silence, dead silence. Big strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve then goes, you both are very smart. <laughs> there you go. See, that's perfect. That's, and that's like a Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey show joke. That's a Steve Harvey stand-up joke. That's, yeah, right in line it, with it Steve Harvey. It nails it. That's why it's such an addictive show. And once again, it is getting higher. Some of the episodes are higher rated than even the Dawson episodes in the 70s. He's hosted oh. lo- almost as long as Dawson. I think now he's beaten Dawson at this point. And if he renews his contract, I believe 2020 is his day he will actually surpass Dawson. Wow. Good for him. I mean, look, he's he does great work. <laughs> the man the man deserves it. It's it's hard, it's it, it's a it's a funny thing to be and like. And he brought the show back. It was Harvey near the end of cancellation. And it's now number one. It's a show that went to Atlanta. It's like what game shows do you know can easily pick up the southern states? Family yeah, Feud does it. Midwestern states, Family Feud does it. Like, if you can pick up anything that's not in the coastal states, you have a real hit show on your hand. Well, Jeopardy's, you know, for the intelligence, and Wheel of Fortune is really just throwing money at a wall and hoping you keep watching. Like, Family Feud is there for what you want. You want laughs, yeah. you want to be entertained, you want to be Steve Harvey, you want some joy. Well, I think that's, like, compared to, like, Jeopardy 2, especially, like, that underlines it, like... It, there's there's so little pretension about it like it's about you know obviously because the prompts are based on like just the most people of a bunch of normal people what do they say but it's just like families and like you know like getting an answer right or wrong is not like i guess getting it right will make you feel smarter or whatever in the right yeah. way that is a good encouraging thing that a, a good game show does well but it doesn't ever feel it doesn't ever make you feel like you don't know things you should know you know and that's like why it never makes card you sharks, dumb. I think, works for Family Feud because they're <laughs> similar. Because yeah. that show is also survey-based. It's like, we asked 100 uh, real estate agents, have you ever lied about the size of a house just to get a sale? How many said yes? Ooh. It's uh, like, ooh, we asked 70. 100 Uber drivers, has a passenger ever vomited in your car? <laughs> 
Hey, it's a, this is a good update. This update works. I'll like, sign these off. These are questions that definitely I want to know and I'm eager <laughs> to ask. And it's like, this is my show. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We I like asked it. 100 Instagram models. Have you ever used Photoshop to enhance your looks? How many said yes? Man, how many said yes? See, that's like family food. You got to think how many are going to say yes, not how many did do that. Um, that's, all, that's, all, that's all the mental game that maybe it I is. overthink and then, at times. And because it's like family feud in a way of it's a yes, no question, you can now elaborate your answer before saying the number. Like, well, a lot of people definitely do it. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of Instagram photos, but I don't think they'll admit it. So I'm going to say it's 30. That's my game. That's the one I want. To do. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, I yeah. It's, and just to go back, like just another thing that I'm thinking about, like why, like this show. I think it's hard to do two two contestant shows and not. I mean, Card Sharks is two. Right? Is it two? It is two. It's two. Yeah, um, it's two people, but it's 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 a little harder to do two individual contestants, I think, um, than like a whole fan. Like when you have a whole family, it's like a whole team that you're rooting for, and it's yeah. and Family Food is like in a very unique way. It's pitting two teams, and you can group for this group and this group, and this family all have their little characteristics, and like you don't have to so much lean on like when it's two people, you have to kind of talk to them about what they do for a living. And it's like Tom, the veterinarian who like yeah, loves but... playing like solitaire or whatever. And whereas like family food, you're just like, this is the Brown family. They, and then they, or the Closter was it the Closter. We watched the, the Browns play the Closters. Yeah. Or the Closters. And then just like the individual members of the family, just like, here's like, goofy allison the mom the matriarch of the family and so you're not like you don't have to worry about like little details to kind of carry the personalities and like it's hard and it's so i think like again yeah other shows have done one-on-one or two but usually they have like three people which i think helps because you have to spread out spread things out a little bit um whereas family feud really makes the two the one-on-one thing work and it allows you to like just pick one clear favorite and root for them it's a great show, guys. It is. We'll definitely deep dive back into that <laughs> real soon. Uh, but now we got to go to the impressive ranking of hosts. Oh, yes. The impressive ranking. It's impressive. I mean, I don't even have a ranking of hosts. This is my ranking. All I right. Because nice I, I know if I do it, I'm going to get hate mail. But you, you are fine. Um, it's... I might get hate, I might get hate mail. I have I had my I had one controversial pick or one controversial what I think was slightly controversial but you know what now that we've talked about this I I stand by it fully so you're ready so I got six hosts yes okay so number six in the bottom slot hate to say it because I loved uh, Home Improvement until time but Richard Carn hey I would put it at the hey, bottom come on back hey just hey, a, come just on a, back just you know just like I remember like so often you just, just that's you're just like oh it's that it's gonna owl be a bumpy owl. ride. Oh, he has Bingo America. He's fine. They got a, and he's fine. Yeah, again, I don't dislike him. And look, the show is always great. And, you know, he's one of the six six people who've held this, you know, one of the greatest jobs Not in the world. Not to be confused with Al Roker or any of his YouTube stars. No, no, no. Ricky I didn't Lake. include... Yeah, Al, Al Roker's not in, the, not, in the, not in the ranking. Ricky Lake doesn't count. Game Show Marathon does not count no. in this. No. Um, so five? Yes. I got John, John O'Hurley. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it, but, like, he's... He was fine. He had a little more character because he has kind of that personality. Well, he also um, has more experience in game show hosting, too. Yeah. I mean, besides um, the so Purina he's... dog show, too. Don't forget that. Oh, yes, of course. And I like John O'Hurley. 
too. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I again, I you know, as Jay Peterman, he's one of the funniest Seinfeld characters. You just want him to be that character on the show. I just, I if he did it as Jay Peterman, I would have been delighted, and he would be way higher on this ranking. But but it's but it's but then like as a person, like he just seems like a country club, a, a guy at a country club or something. Um, I mean, he hosted the revival of To Tell the Truth in the early two thousands. And he was really good on that one. Was he? I don't think, I don't know if I ever saw him on. Oh, um, it was really, it's just, really it's just, It's just the thing of like, I think, and I think that like the one thing that draws him back for me is that he's not like a man of the people. Yeah. He's like, so it's like when it comes to that status part of that host relationship that we talked about, like he seems, again, I don't know why I have him. <laughs> like a, I would say if I'm bringing John O'Hurley to a game show, it would be like an I've got a secret or what's my line, a mm-hmm. classic panel game show. Like yeah. four down, three to go. Back to you, yeah, Mr. Love. That. Yeah, but when it came to like relating to and getting up in there with these people, I think like it felt it, it's not quite right. So uh, next up at rank, I didn't number them. Four, four, number uh, four, number four? fourth pick, <sighs> Louis Anderson. Well, you said you're uh, not familiar much with the Louis Anderson years. So. Yeah, I said I always said nothing stands out. I mean, I watched it, but nothing stands out in particular. But also that I don't think I had the same drawbacks as as Hurley and O'Hurley and Karn had. Like specifically, I remember like Karn being like, oh, "Okay, it's Al," and O'Hurley being a little, "Oh, a little bit of that smarmy character that doesn't quite fit." And Louis Anderson, um, he's better on ba- he's better on baskets and in Life with Louis, he is better on baskets. Maybe I'm giving extra points for baskets. Go, everyone, see, watch baskets. It really um, is a funny show i laugh. Yeah, I really love it a, and it really just it goes dark. interesting places yeah it's dark um it's just different though the way it sells, sells story it's a whole it's a whole extra it's a episode about it, baskets essentially it's about a guy trying to follow his dreams and doing it in the weirdest way possible yeah and just being weird and then it's just about all these people who are doing the best they can um uh so then here's where i think here's where it might get controversial the three this is I, I the feel big like, three so this is the we have dawson we have combs we have steve harvey yeah. left also those three felt like the like the obvious i feel like the top three and bottom three are obvious in a way like i feel like there's like a clear separation yes. though because even though like i said like louis anderson a ton about or nothing stands out to me about it like it's funny or anything like i felt like it i felt pretty pretty strongly about they they land in that bottom three so three yes i'm gonna give you the og richard dawson all right um, and that's why that's where I think it might get like purists might not like that I'm putting Richard Dawson. Um, You're saying behind. that Combs and Steve Harvey are better than that. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> if you were wondering, I absolutely am. And look, Richard Dawson is a guy that I feel like you know because I did ton of match game especially when if i was ever sick as a kid like match game was on i don't know what network i don't think it was game show network because i don't think we got that i don't know what it was on it was probably, but we, i would watch a lot of match game uh match um, game was usa network you were probably watching the okay USA network then, that's probably definitely where I want to. um but but i think whenever i go back to richard dawson he's not like like he had he carries himself like kind of the clever kind of guy um but i but i don't think he was as clever often you know and even on match game like he never was like my favorite and maybe that's an age thing a generational thing or something like that um but also why i don't know why i'm picking apart richard dawson right now i mean he's still a legacy host like he was still good yeah he's still great if that show Um, did not work with him none of the mat of family future yes he's the og yeah he's yeah he's the origin of it he's the origin of the banter is um so i think he's like he gets credit for you know setting things up um setting the template um, not of the show structure, but of the way they talk to guests. Um, the kissing stuff, I think, doesn't hold up. <laughs> well. Maybe in the World of Times <laughs> Up era. Maybe. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, he's Richard Dawson. Richard you Dawson. you are canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there's kind of that, but I do think he's like his his. I, I want to say the care the personality and character he played are great. Um, 
and he's great. Whatever, you know. I love, I love Richard Dawson. Like you can't um, like if the, if the Dawson episode's on, you're gonna watch it. It's not like yes. this again. Yeah, I'm only criticizing in the context of being forced to compare him to the other hosts. You know, like if it, if it, outside of that, I would be like, yeah, he's great. Um, so then number two, and this was I had to go. This was, I was very back and forth with this, but I'm gonna stand by this. You're gonna stand number two. Steve Harvey. All right. I rank Steve Harvey number two. Yes. Um, like we said, he's very good. I think he's a great host. I think there's he's like kind of perfect for it right now. Um, but I was, was kind of like looking at the two and like watching a couple clips and stuff. Um, I think it's 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 part of the thing that we love is that bit that we talked about, but also like there's a predictability there. Eventually um, it's going to be naming our way to say penis. It's going to be yes. something. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it's, and that, that part of it has so overtaken so much of the show that that's kind of what knocked it down just a little bit for me. If I'm thinking like, Oh, who's like the best like game show host. Um, and so, so like Steve Harvey, I think he's doing a great job though. And he should continue for a long time. And I will, you know, I'll DVR that sucker till the end of time. Um, but I put him number two. And of course, that leaves number one for Ray Combs. And like, I'm not going to hide that there's probably a personal bias. The late, here, great so Ray Combs. Watch. Um, Survivor but I Series 94 zone. Yeah. But when I go back and watch clips, um, I think he, I don't, I think he made few people feel comfortable. Like, I think that, that I don't know if all the other hosts did that as well as him. Um, like 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 compared to like you know Dawson, it seems like there's still a little bit of a distance, and he still like takes status. Whereas like Ray Combs seems like he is like a friend of these of these contestants, um, and I think that and I think that like kind of warmth um, really shines through. And I think he's pretty funny. Like he had the funny reactions, and and was good at that. Um, and they were a little more varied uh, than Steve Harvey. But like Ray Combs, yeah, it, it was kind of and he would do that sort of. Thing. It almost reminds me of like your favorite fifth grade teacher or something is Ray Combs where yeah, like, Fox Ruby. If, yeah, yeah, if he, yeah. If he gives you like a, if you give him like a stupid answer, he wouldn't hide that. He thought it was a stupid answer as none of these hosts really do. And that's why it's good. And that's, I like that. Um, but, uh, but Ray Combs wouldn't also make you feel bad about it. That he was, he was, it was, it was a very cheery, friendly, warm, welcoming uh, type of host. And maybe that's also why I liked the show so much as a kid um, was him. Yeah. Um, and also in honor of the man. And the problems um, on the Combs version, once again, same as it would be in Harvey, same as it would mm-hmm. be on Dawson. Things like name a place that teenagers would go on a date. <laughs> and so then, of course, you'd say things like the movie theater, the restaurant. And then sometimes it would just say something like parents' house, to which Combs would then look like going, yeah, because every parent wants to see the date, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it would be, and it would be, yeah, it would be charming and fun. So I think he was, I think he like really, again, I can't, you know, deny that there might be some, some, the personal bias there, but I think he just did a great job. And I think he, yeah, I think he made it this like, it's fun, this fun, very casual. It, it's, it's a show that of all classic game shows, it, it manages to maintain that very casual feel. I to wonder it. who has the lectern, that face off lectern on the Combs editions, because unlike any other version, that's the lectern that had the rainbow. Like everything else is those little LED bulbs or just a giant like light up thing. But that had like a cool red, orange, yellow, blue, green. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The little thing that. In um, that sound effect. Just uh, that addictive, that noise. God, I wonder. I do always kind of search uh, for my like to ever see if my family is uh, is on is like on YouTube or something like that. Quickly, you know what? Shout out. Well, definitely a lot of game show people listen to this. We'll do an SOS. Please oh. send Maddie Smith the family up. If you find the McTies, the McTie is who it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I, but yeah, overall, yeah, go back to it. Like, uh, 
it's a great show. It's a great fun show. Very simple, easy to play along. They don't need to explain the rules, which is you know definitely a modern game show problem. I guess that was always a problem. If you don't, if you can't uh, explain the rule in a sentence, it's usually not that good. Yeah, unless there's like a, a hook, point. like double the points, triple the points. All and now it's it's near the end of our episode, Maddie. It's but there's Ow. one more thing we have left, and that's a last money round. round. Okay. I have f- listen. Look. There's photos now. That's it's in the it's in the intro now. We have we have cards. Listen, that those are real cards that have the logo on them and everything. And we have sixty right. seconds to answer five questions, like the fast money round, but with more time. Oh, perfect. You have five questions. For everyone you get correct, you get one free plug. Most podcasts only give you two. <laughs> we give you five. Okay. Five. Well, if I get the questions right, right. If you get the questions right, to earn them, you can pass. But I probably suggest you don't do that. Yeah, I don't think I think I'll. I'll All right, I'll be okay. Do you want to play? I do want to play. Wait, can we just go real quick? Always, yeah, play. Always play. Have right. faith in you your family. Pass? You want to play? What do you want to do? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I believe in my family's ability to right. answer questions. So let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Name something a man measures by the inch. Foot. What is your favorite salad dressing? Blue cheese. Something you wouldn't give out for Halloween. Uh, nails. Besides sleeping, something people do in bed. Uh, you know, do it. Have sex. Name an animal that is cute and adorable. A raccoon. You did it. All five right. For five. Oh, wow. Really? You've won Stop. this game, Maddie Smith. All those answers were correct. All right. I feel good. I'm feeling good about myself. It, it helps one of your judges is indeed a raccoon. Oh, thanks, guy. You got um, five free plugs. What would you like to promote? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I guess first of all, I'll say because we have game show fans, um, I'm going to promote uh, my uh, Twitch uh, streaming game show, uh, Are You the Knowledge Lord? Uh, we're basically a weekly weekly show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, yeah, come on by, uh, participate in the chat. Um, it's it's a good time. Jordan 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 will be there. If you know, I don't mean to force his hand. If you need but... questions, I will gladly provide. Like, yeah, don't feel overwhelmed. Um, I'm 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 here for you if you need an assistant for the show. Oh, thank you, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I'm still trying to balance. I'm still trying to figure out the workload of the show. And like, what can what can be done on a regular basis and stuff? Because it is it is a lot to put together a game show. Oh, it um, is, especially because I know the Steam Lab. I know the the workarounds and the behind the scenes stuff. You have a lot of stuff and a lot of mechanisms. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's technical aspects. So that's another thing. Watch if if you come in, and you've never watched like a a Twitch talk show or something like that before. Please uh please forgive some of the technical aspects. Um, feel just, free to make fun no of different it. Different than Jack AM. You're fine. Don't yeah, apologize. Jack, yeah, Jack right. doesn't um, apologize. <laughs> Do you want to apologize for Mitch Live too while you're at it? The Eric Andre episode, huh? You want to do? (laughs) I will apologize for that. You want to apologize to Bugman while you're here too? Oh no, oh no, I can't talk about Bugman. Uh, Um, (laughs) so I I can't. I'm not afraid of him. (laughs) Um, uh, hey, maybe we'll Bugman on uh, Knowledge Lord at some point future. Yeah, but he's Um, such a mysterious man. You don't know what his expertise is and what his. I mean, I could ask about bugs. I'll ask about uh, <laughs> Star Wars Episode bugs. One. 
Uh, yep, in episode one and bugs. Yeah. Um, it'll be a great time. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's another thing. And the, yeah, the the trivia is 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 catered to guests. But I think one of my early ways to describe it was it was a trivia game show where we might ask about we're a trivia game show that's not afraid to ask about the Donkey Kong family tree. Um, like we, well, the, 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 Kong, the, yeah, you got Lanky, uh, Candy funky, Kong. Uh, yeah. You had Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong is is the OG Donkey Kong. Yes. And, yes. Um, and Funky. You got, um, uh, you got, uh, what was, Don, you got Don Kong, there's, there's Don Diddy Kong, and played by Mike Mitchell. Oh yeah, Don Kong, I think that bit. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember, what was that baby, what's that baby's name? There was a baby one. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr., math. I remember it. No, it wasn't Donkey Kong Jr. It was the baby in um in uh the I don't know why am I even asking? It was in Donkey Kong 64, there was like a baby Donkey Kong. Oh man, we'll ask H-Bomber guy about that <laughs> All right. <laughs> How did he beaver bother? Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the show's a lot of fun. So check that out. And I do, yeah, I do. It is something also that I. It's like my side project that I really do. It's it's one of those things that I. It it's a side project, but also I spend myself. Th- I find myself thinking about it more than things that I should be working well, on. Welcome, welcome to my world, world doing this game yeah. show podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of procrastinating, so I'm like thinking of like, ah, oh, maybe I should make Jack like eat pudding or something. Um. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> when does this episode go up? Maybe I should burn my pudding idea <laughs> this week. No, it'll, oh. it'll be. It'll probably be up in a couple of weeks, so you're fine. Okay, yeah. I'll save it then, because I don't think I found the right. Well, that's the other thing. I guess it's it's it's. I spend way too much time sitting and wondering, like, is there a good is there a good game show challenge where I make him eat pudding? Simple. It's like, called taste. Okay, so it's called taste test. Well, what you do is you blindfold the contestants and you tell them name the substance they're eating. I will. I, I well. I do have. I'm kind of doing that this week. Oh, I, I oh, wonder how about if, you call it sensory overload, and it's different senses. Like here's a picture clue, here's a listen clue, and now we're gonna do the taste. And then oh, you see, Jack I think, eat a tomato. I think the, one, the one I was planning on doing this weekend, I'm, I've been calling it. Put this in your mouth. Um, and, it's, <laughs> and I think what I change and it I went to, to mouthfeel. Change it to mouth mouthfeel. So that might be better. That's a pleasant. <laughs> name but uh, uh yeah since this this will this will will have done this by the time this goes up i think i think i'm gonna do i went and i was at target and there were some girl scouts selling girl scout cookies outside so i think i'm gonna make someone eat girl scout cookies and name the cookies um make make sure the contestants aren't gluten sensitive <laughs> i i know I've, I've, i have to reach out to them and ask if they have any dietary <laughs> before coming on the game show because these are your contacts they're mostly yeah. just sometimes guess well, of mine <laughs> I don't well, know. a lot of uh, I was gonna say yeah, like, a lot of uh, Girl Scout cookies have peanuts in them, so I have to be like, do you know you don't have peanut allergies, do you? Um, <laughs> maybe I'll just go ahead with it. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, so I'm doing that, and I was I, I'm trying to think, I was trying to also Doritos. Oh, can you name the Doritos flavors? Try Pringles, <laughs> the Pringles, because those are oh, all... Pringles is pretty good. That's a good one. Yeah, and I can buy small Pringles things too, because I'm trying not to sink too much money into this hobby game show of mine. <laughs> But being said, please donate gems or, or bits to Are You the Knowledge Lord or oh, subscriptions. Do. Yeah. So that way the funding can go towards better. And, I, and I'll tell you, yeah, the funding, I do plan on just, the funding is just going to go, whatever comes in, uh, I do plan on just putting back into the show because I feel like that's, why not? I'm, I'm glad um, I'm now, until, I've now, I've become a consultant for Jackbox <laughs> at 8 p.m. And now I'm a consultant for Are You the Knowledge Lord. I love this. <laughs> it's helpful. I'm it's getting nice all the credits. <laughs> It's nice to have you know Jack's not helping me. Um, well, you don't want design. him because I. As, oh no! I'm yeah. Sorry, uh, as as your advisor right now, it's against standards and practices for the host to interact with any contestants in regards to the game. 
Oh, fantastic. That's good to know. Um, yeah, it, it is a funny thing, though, of like, we're putting on the show, but I, I, I can't tell them about most of the things I'm planning on doing. Well, I think also, also as we are, as we go on, um, I, I do plan on getting bigger with the stuff. I think I've, I've started out pretty, you know, like a lot of it is trivia questions and stuff like that. And I do have some stuff I'm going to try to implement as we go on. I just was like, in the first couple of weeks, let's just make sure that like the audience can hear what we're saying and they can see Luckily, us the whole time. Luckily, it is in the Jackie studio the first episode, and that was perfectly, <laughs> you could, we was able to hear everything just fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like that part went off, so that's the thing I'm going to add to the technical It's just scoring-wise. I sent over the egg Craig font if you want to do some game show. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got to figure that was within, yeah, with the streaming software. I'm learning streaming software. Side, side benefit of this uh, show. Trying in vain yeah. to see if they can do with some buzzers of some kind. Oh, I do have. I do. Why? Well, I might reach out to Van to make him buy me stuff. But I. But I. Uh, yeah, I do. I am going to add more sounds this week because that was one thing we couldn't quite get working last time was a few of the sounds. Um, and as it go, ideally, yeah, well, I'll be able to work in kind of the bigger stunts that I want to do. Um, I'll call them stunts, but you know, like special Feel special ways of answering questions. Or I don't think I'm going to be a contestant anytime soon. <laughs> Oh, you'll see. You never know. You never know. Who. Maybe we'll have the uh, surprise contestant, and uh, where the contestant—it's a surprise to them that they are a contestant. <laughs> Congrats! You're um, pulling Mitchell from his house. All bets are off. He's thinking he's oh, yeah, Mitchell live, and he's just going to Jack's house <laughs> to do a game up. show. Let's ask him questions. He'd probably love that, though. He'd probably be excited because I'm just giving him a beer. And he just gets to sit there. Oh man, cool man. This is great. I don't care. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, he'll swear off Mitch Live forever because he'll be loving doing this knowledge lord thing. Um, yeah, so that's my first plug. Yeah, yeah, four I guess. left. <laughs> that's a long talk. Yeah, but if you like game shows, I, I hope you like that. And I really do love game shows that I truly like. You're I, definitely I coming back them. anytime you want to talk about a game show. Oh, happy to. This is fun. This is, well, this is the game show made for you and me, just this. <laughs> we can talk about a minute to win it. I, I do love those little weird. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, there are a lot of game shows, huh? Uh, but uh, I also Lingo is one that I do. So if we ever want to talk about Lingo, with Big Chuck I'll do W, that. don't look up what he's doing these days. But oh yeah, I know I've seen <laughs> I've seen hints of uh, of old Chuck. Uh, so anyway, so so knowledge word I'll plug for, uh, and I think that's something. If you like game shows, hope you like it, and because uh, it's made by you know someone who loves game shows and is and, trying and trying some to... great funny people from the UCB. Yes, yeah, and, and I'm excited about our guests. Um, and I have I have a few I have some really good guests that were, you know I've, I've I'm trying to be better about inviting people on earlier than a few days beforehand, um, but we've got I think we've I've got a lot of people kind see, of in you, the uh, see it's the, your the context. Try being me, the guy who's not in that <laughs> world of UCP. Going hey it is, it, hey, it we call my game nice. show podcast. You want to talk it, about you want to talk about love connection? You want to talk about. Hey. You know, it's it's like people, you know, just reach out and let people do it if they're into the game show stuff. But yeah, it, it is a nice cheat to be able to reach out to a lot of the people I've worked with at UCB because um, there's just a lot of funny people who are good at this sort of thing. And it's a really funny show, by the way. Very funny. Oh, thanks. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It, yeah, I was, I was really happy. Joe, I'm, I'm, listen, I was not playing favorites uh, between Joe and Jack, but I know there was some drama back in the day, a few weeks ago. It was my birthday yes. and all that. But we're we're fine now. You're all good. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, it was <laughs> okay. Well, good. Um, yeah, they there was well, even some personal drama erupted on the show. 
And that was, that was an the interesting best thing person to see won. on a game show. The best person won that episode. I'd say so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becky Feldman was the first knowledge lord, and she really deserved it. Especially because fucking Joe didn't know Honduras was not in South America. He said Honduras so confident. Oh, man. All Let's right. see here. <laughs> Off the top of my head, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, Colombia. Now you're crushing Joe. <laughs> um, but then so, again, uh, like I know I would smoke the competition. I think I'd be like the ringer. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be a fun way to do it. We'll get you on there one of these days. And um, then it's like, okay, well, Jordan, your category is making friends in the UCB because that's the one thing you can't do. Aw. Uh, what is it because no, I'm friends that. with you're Jack gonna, Allison? Is that... you got this, well, that is that is one way to not make any friends with <laughs> that is a good way to keep it keep people at a distance um no jack is one of my old jack's one of the first one of my oldest friends in la and he's a truly super funny guy um who you know at times maybe to his own career judgment like he's not afraid to say what he's thinking you know and it's, it's that old trope but he's he really does speak his mind and uh, he's a super funny guy yeah and that's why he's a fun that's why he's a fun fit for the show but that's just why he's just a, he's always been just one of the funniest people to me um and i always found him really entertaining he used to be a writer on jimmy kimmel if you need there, I'll plug that. I'll help. That'll be part of the knowledge Lord plug. It's a, it's a former Jimmy Kimmel writer. Um, speaking yeah. of Ben Stein's money and stuff like that. So he's, you know, Jack's there you go there. But now you'll you can plug your stuff pedigree. too, though. It's your stuff too. It's like, that's... <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll plug my stuff. Um, I guess right now I, couple, I'm trying to think what to actually, pl- I guess I'll, I'll plug Unikitty. Um, Unikitty is a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Um, I like a lot. Unikitty is a Lego movie character. I believe she became ultra catty in Lego movie part two the second part of what it's called yes. um but it's just a fun a fun uh, uh cartoon i will um, say it if i was kids, but... if i was 12 and this was like a 90s show and i was all sugared out this would be my favorite yeah, show is, i would be like quoting is... this at recess and you and a kitty was like this and it was fun and the one and the <laughs> one i saw recently was bat kitty which was the one you wrote oh yeah, yeah that was really that was really fun yeah it was... a lot of batman animated series references and that yeah <laughs> like a yeah, whole I got, like well, it's almost bordering Teen Titans Go might have to play like say we're we're gonna sue you at this point. Well, that one was really fun. I was excited they well because I was just they just asked me like do you like Batman and I was like do I, um, and so I got to write that episode and then and then I didn't even know when I was writing it but that they actually had Will Arnett to do his voice of Batman. So <laughs> that's really cool. Um, so that that's really fun. Um, yeah, that's that's just a fun super random. Yeah, it's definitely I I would say a kids show. Um, that, you know, I you know adults adults hopefully like stuff about it, but uh, it, if you have kids that like the really yeah. hyperactive random stuff, that's good. Um, a couple of other, I don't know if there's anything else that's like specifically uh, airing uh, now that you can check out um, or that I'm supposed to talk about. Um, but f- so I'll, I'll leave it at those two things. But to say more, I'm just gonna say baskets. I'd love to promote baskets. baskets. I mean, check out baskets. Um, it's a great fails, show. If all else fails, I will tell you uh, about a few days before the show airs if there's any last minute plugs now uh, okay thank you I th- i'll probably be okay um um i'll say uh check out beat shazam let's <laughs> see what shazam. you think of beat shazam um jamie fox i think is actually doing a yeah, good the, job the, and it's the actually third season just finished fun. wrapping up they just wrapped up their yeah, third I, season so i really turned it on being like oh god there's, there's a show based on shazam and then i watched it and i was like this this actually is a pretty fun version of this um and it gives you time to like you know try to guess yourself at home and stuff um and for the fifth one i'm gonna plug Hot streets on adult swim <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna plug a little podcast called game shows i suppose okay. Check it out. It's on iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, 
other places where you find podcasts. Um, it's it's a great podcast. Talks about game shows. It's a whole lot of fun. If you like game, if you're listening to this, you probably like game shows. So you should check out game shows. It's weird. We have like it's it's mostly like it's a nice split. It's like game show fans, comedy fans, I guess leftists because of who we get on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the segment. That's the demo. Yeah, um, it's a that's nice it's a nice yeah. chunk of different groups of people. And I I think this I I think the last thing you plugged I think that that podcast is, is really something. It's good. It's good. It's got a bright future. I, I they've been getting so. some. They've been getting great guests lately. I That's hope sure. so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you know what? I'll throw in a plug for you too. Bazizio Gaming, to which that. Oh right! I, oh, Gaming. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's okay. Right. I got your back here. Bazizio Gaming, Twitch.tv slash Bazizio Gaming. Gaming done almost every day in one form or another. Maddie yeah. likes to do some stuff with League of Legends. League with, yeah, well, actually, I'm about to start tomorrow. I'm starting my first, but hopefully I'll do it more. Uh, we're calling it Hard Friday, um, and I'm going to be playing hard video games on Fridays. Um, just games that are have are known to be uh, notoriously difficult. Um, I, I recommend- yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because I really like hard games. Do you have a recommendation? I see. I was recommending, and I told this to the Bazzizio management, aka Jack Allison. Uh, you should try to get Super Mario Maker because Super Mario Maker Two is coming oh, up yeah, yeah. soon, and they do yeah, a, yeah, and there's I an ultra hard mode on that. So, oh, I definitely when that comes out, if we have the power to figure out how to get a Switch stream. I mean, Jordan Morris did uh, Smash. All oh, right, he did, didn't he? Oh, I yeah. guess I already figured it out. All right, work's done for me. Yeah, that's, um, that's probably why they didn't pick me. That's probably why, because they already got <laughs> Jordan on there. They don't need Jordan yeah. Haas. They got Jordan Morris. And, you know, Jordan Jesse Go, a very funny podcast. I get it. Well, you know, I understand. I'm, like, not, I'm not at all, you know, jealous at all. Well, you know, it's that old, it's that old Simpsons thing. You know, no Jordans. They can have you one. Know, we can have one Jordan. Yeah. Very sad. Maybe that's um, so. Maybe it's just kind of like a good off the distance kind of like a relationship with the Bazizio team. I guess. <laughs> oh no, you just no stick around. You know, work hard. I mean, you know, get better at games. You know, because we're all very good. We're all very good professional. You are very gamers. professional gamers. You have the best uh, Gaming. If you've never seen it, it is the most professional gaming stream out there. Yes. Uh, you you have Matt Maddie Smith, Max Mayer. You got Jack Allison. You got Mike Mitchell. You got mm-hmm. Nick Weiger, you got Yu Song, you got Ninja, you got Ninja, yeah, absolutely. Jordan Morris, you got you. You never know who's going to stop into the Bazzizio team and who's the next signee. That's what makes it so exciting. That's true. I, I don't even know who's going to step in next to the Bazzizio team. At this point, you I'm don't even it. know who the mystery gamer is. Or do I? Should I break it on your podcast? Is that no? No. no, I, no. I mean, I'll tell you what. We will wrap this up. Then you tell me. I will. I will <laughs> sign an affidavit that will this not that will say if I disclose who it is by punishable of banning on Twitch. I, I in that way, it's it's. Those guys would kill me. It's look. We all know it's Jack Allison. Like, why do you think? <laughs> you, why do you think you're you and Max are on screen? It's because Jack's on the side with a laptop. Everyone knows that. <laughs> well. I feel, I'll tell you I feel like I'm I'll playing tell you, more Jack Allison projects than me or you in this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, that's okay. I just watched Unikitty, guys. Unikitty is great. That's on TV, yeah. Well, also, I guess if you want, go on to um, Amazon and watch... Um, there's a there's another show that's even more for oh, children Lord called Little Baby. Oh, no, Tales of Titans. Titans. Oh, yeah, you can watch Tales of Titans. That's on Amazon Prime. Um, that's a really fun show. That's for adults. Um, that's a show I created with Nick Weiger. 
Um, and that's a very fun, that's a fun show that we got to do um, that Funnier Dad produced. Um, um, but also I was going to say there's a kid's show called Little Big Awesome. And uh, I've written for the second season of it. And we don't know if it has a second season. So, you know, go support that first season. <laughs> um, you know, maybe, maybe comment and give it five stars and say you'd love to see more episodes. Um, you know, feel free to make up a, a kid. You know, like I watched with my nephew and my nephew loved it and wanted to buy Amazon products after watching it, whatever you want to say. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Tumble Leaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's got that look. All right. Well, thanks again, Maddie Smith. For sure. At Maddie Smith on Twitter. Thanks so much for having you've, you've won the game. Thank you very much. It's very fun being here. Thanks again to Maddie Smith for stopping by. Check out Are You the Knowledge Lord on twitch.tv slash knowledgelords. It streams live every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Lots of fun. Love watching that show. Please check it out, twitch.tv slash knowledgelords. Uh, we have some, some news to actually get up here because even though we did spend almost an hour and a half talking about this. <clears throat> I have to get through some other news. First of all, the pop culture appeal of Family Feud. You know, it's been spoofed on Saturday Night Live often. Uh, survey says being a popular phrase in the game show Lithosphere. Uh, late night talk shows would play Family Feud. I know that was a bit on Kimmel uh, for Avengers when that came out. And Jimmy Fallon as well. In 1981, one of the contestants, Dawson Kist, ended up becoming his second wife. He kissed a person by the name of Gretchen Johnson. Her family won $12,659, and they got married in 1991. Viewers complained about Dawson's wandering lips to the point where he conducted an informal survey, asking viewers to write in saying rather yes or no to the kissing. Producer Howard Felcher told the Washington Post in 1978 he does not remember the exact totals, but it was around 14,000 who said kiss and 300 to 400 who said don't kiss. It was that lopsided. The Wall Street Journal looked into how family feud surveys are conducted and discovered that a polling firm named Applied Research West phones random people to complete the surveys. According to the article, the surveyors don't disclose that the questions are for family feud. A typical phone survey includes 30 or 40 questions called from 100 submitted to executive producer Gabby Johnson daily by writers and consultants for the show. Topical questions may air as soon as three weeks after the survey responses have been collected and compiled. But the size of that pool can have a large margin of error. In the show's beginnings, volunteers answered questions through a mailing list. One time, a sponsor complained to ABC that Dawson was making too many anti-Richard Nixon jokes. The network told Dawson to stop, but Dawson said on air that if a sponsor didn't like the jokes, they could pull out. ABC wanted Dawson's remark to be edited out, but when Dawson threatened to quit the show, they kept it in. Also, various formats have changed. Uh, for instance, the Bullseye Round was incorporated in the Ray Combs era, and in the John O'Hurley era, where they were playing for a standard base price in the Combs era, $5,000, and then they can win up to $20,000 by competing in five bullseye head-to-head -head rounds. It was basically a toss-up round for $1,000. Uh, name something you buy at the supermarket, and if you gave them one answer, you hit the bullseye, and you would add 1,000 on the first question, 2,000 second question, 3,000 third question, 4,000 fourth question, 5,000 in the fifth question, 
and that'd be added to your bank. It was something that was also incorporated in the Family Feud Challenge, which we once again will not bring up because it was bad. And I think brought the end to the Family Feud in the early 90s. It wasn't until Louis Anderson returned to that. Uh, another thing is the targets change. In early forms, it was 200. In others, it's 300. And that's not even including All-Star Family Fortunes, where it's single, 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 double, double money, and then the big money round, and they have all that weird bullshit. Uh, there are so many things you could get with Family Feud here. But the way we do it here, I think it's fine and dandy, and that should not change. Single, single, double, triple. It plays itself. Uh, now it's time for as if this this game can't get any longer for a 110 part series exploring every pricing game on the price is right this is the pricing game spotlight Today's game is 10 Chances. Premiere date, July 15th, 1975. Tape number 1502D. Premiere date, carry October 18th, 2007. 4044K. Aired order, January 2nd, 2008. Played on center stage. Premier finale date with Barker was May 15th, 2007. Once again, knowledge, it doesn't really matter. It's so-called because the contestant has 10 chances to win three prizes. Gameplay, the contestant is given 10 chances in which to guess the prices of three prizes, including a brand new car, beginning with the least expensive and working their way upwards. They are shown three digits, two of which are in the price of the first car. Uh, <laughs> they're shown three digits, two of which are in the price of the first prize. The contestant writes their guess on the first of 10 cards. If they're correct, the price is revealed, and they move on to the next prize. If they're not, they must write on another piece of on the second card, and so on until they are correct. For the second prize, the contestant shown four digits, three of which are in the actual retail price. Play continues with the first prize until they are correctly guessed the prize. Finally, the contestant shown five digits, all of which are in the price of the car. Again, they must write down the correct price with whatever happen with whatever chances they have left. If the contestant has used all of their 10 chances and has not correctly ran the price of the car, they win any prizes that have been correctly priced to that point in the game. The player is guaranteed to win at least the first prize because there are only four correct combinations to try. 10 chances was originally placed with four digit cars and five digits were given with one unused digit. Originally, the correct price for each prize was revealed on a red card, just like the card for the available digits. This was quickly changed to blue on November 26, 1975 to differentiate. On March 13, 1991, 10 Chances began offering a five-digit card for the first time, and the game never offered any cards less than $10,000 again. Contestants must now use all five numbers provided for the car to make its price. On November 1st, 2000, the price of the first prize was prematurely revealed, as well as the second and even the third. This resulted in a technical win. On January 27, 2004, new buttons are introduced in 10 chances after the original one ceased to function. The numbers are displayed below the buttons, which are identical to the ones on the split decision board. The big red numbered buttons are now pushed to indicate a right or wrong guess were changed with smaller buttons with the numbers below. 
With the new color scheme was introduced on September 23rd, 2010, the jumbled digits are on a blue card and the correct price is on a green card. During that time, the buttons are lit in yellow and turn off when pressed for wrong answers, but stay on when correct. In addition, the word 10 in the game's name was changed to the number 10. An unwritten rule since the early 1980s is that prices of all prizes end in zero, except in the rare case that zero is not one of the provided choices, in which case the last number is always five. Remember, zero or five. Many contestants did not take this rule into account even after seeing the first two correct prices. Although Bob and Drew never disclosed this rule, they will try to steer contestants away from guesses that don't end in zero. In addition, contestants often attempt to use the same digit more than once in the same price. A contestant attempting to do so usually corrected and allowed to rewrite an acceptable price. However, foreign versions most likely do not use the zero five rule. 10 Chances originally had a 10 second time limit for each guest. While the rule has not actually been enforced since the early 1980s, the game is one in which contestants often take a long time to consult with the audience, and host Bob Barker often chided contestants that they would lose a turn if they didn't start writing. When a zero-digit rule is played correctly, this is the easiest card game to win on the show. But in any case, contestants are guaranteed to win the first two prizes, and have a minimum of two guesses at the car. In his final year's hosting, Bob used the same as a barometer of a contestant's knowledge of the show and of pricing items. He would be visibly distraught or frustrated if they seemed clueless of either. On May 1st, 2006, contestant Joy made history. While playing this game, she was down to three chances while going for the car with choices of numbers such as 3, 1, 0, 2, and 9. She writes down a price on her first Chance, she used the one twice and was told not to do that. She then tries again and writes down a weird price of 19130 leaving the second one scribbled out. Bob couldn't understand the price. After he told her not to write the one twice, Joy scribbles the whole price. To avoid confusion, she later writes down a logical price of 19302 which was the wrong price. Bob was getting frustrated of this and reminded her that she would lose her turn if she didn't write. On Joey's second chance, at first she writes a 1 and a 3, and then changes the 3 to a 9. She writes the 1 again, but then changes that to a 2. She later writes down a crazy price of 19213 Despite that she changed the second 1 to a 0, Joey tries again, and at first she writes a 1-3, changed to a 9-2 and 1. Bob kept reminding her about using the 1 twice, while the audience kept shouting 21 multiple times but scribbles it out. She writes down another crazy price of 19021 which leaves Bob exhausted. By telling her again not to use the one twice at this point, Bob is left to tell her the numbers are left. After she writes down so many two numbers down, she writes down a much better price of 19320 which was once again the wrong price. Joe is now down to her final chance of winning the car in the game. She writes down a 2, then a 1, then a 390, making the price 21390 and all of a sudden it turned out to be the right price of the car Bob exhaustively sits down, mouthing out, I can't believe it, and was at a loss of words of what to say about the whole experience with that. Bob respectfully takes the show to a commercial break. On April 10th, 2014, a second prize card dropped by accidentally revealing the price of the karaoke machine, thus technically winning the karaoke machine. On March 19th, 2014, aired out of order, 
Oh, scheduled June. Who cares about the rescheduled dates? Uh, a new reveal was introduced. The first two prices were shown by door three, and the car was revealed behind door three afterwards. Although on October 15, 2014, October, April 5th, 2016, and, uh, May 6th, 2015, aired of order, and March 6th, 2016, and May 26th, 2016, it used the original reveal. On March 12th, 2015, it the already revealed price and second price was moved along with the car as the car was supposed to move on with Andrew Bushwitz's last chance. He had won the second prize on his eighth. On March 9th, 2016, after not getting second prize on the ninth chance, the actual prize was prematurely revealed and so contestant Michael Lanahan was awarded the prize. Ten Chances has never been the first game to be played in the game slotting list. Trivia. All of the prizes today end with a zero. When this game is played, the prizes have to end with that number. The most number of times this game was played in any season is 40, and this is also one of my favorite pricing games. The reason this is one of my favorite pricing games is, simply put, because it is an easy game. It's a game like 20 questions, and it has that, that mental game of, of basically logic and numbers. And if you know that zero rule, it is very easy to figure out. And when it's, uh, when you are basically, if you play a perfect game correctly, like you get the small item on your first attempt, your number two is on the second prize. If you get that right on your second attempt, you have seven chances to win a car. And that is also an accomplishment. I enjoy this game because of the progressive scale of the prizes. And I like it because of the almost sure thing win if you play a game just right. Uh, and, and the fact that you get to draw a number, like you could actually write the number down. So if you're a kid, you learn how numbers work by seeing people draw the numbers instead of just shouting them or typing them in. This is done with, with handwritten things. And then when they reveal it with the cards, it's also kind of cool. I don't think this show, this needs like a new paintwork because I like the blue and green and I like the light up. When it's wrong, the, the little light bulb on the button goes off, and if it's right, it stays put. I love that. So so for me, 10 Chances is a go-to game because th there's a lot of drama, especially when, you know, you or you probably have a great game, and you're down to, and you have five chances, and then it becomes four, then three, then two, and this is your last chance. That adds to the drama, which is something that I love talking about when it comes to prices Right. Games that can maximize drama, and 10 Chances does that. And it has a great set mechanic with the line of 10 buttons that gets pushed down. I love that as well. So 10 Chances is definitely one of my favorite games on The Price is Right. Next time on The Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be going down the golden road. That's all the time we have for this week. You can follow me on social media at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can listen to more episodes at jordanhaas.com slash podcasts. And, of course, check out Are You the Knowledge Lord at twitch.tv slash knowledgelords. Next week, we'll have a review of the LeBron James game show, Million Dollar Mile, as well as another great deep dive. Until then, come on back right here on The Feud and Big Smooch. Mwah!